The heads of the podcasting table come together once more. It's T-dubs on the Double Turn podcast, and we're talking Roman's one-year reign. And, of course, we're going all out on All Out, because why wouldn't we go all out on All Out? It's the Double Turn podcast, and it starts right now. What's going on, everybody? It is the J-Man. Kind of riding solo, kind of not. Boss Ross isn't with me this evening, unfortunately. He took a little bit of a of a early Labor Day break. I don't blame him, so shout out to the homie Boss Ross. Love you, brother. Catch you next week. Um, so he won't be on with us this evening, but, but whenever I'm having to ride solo without Ross, there's always somebody rolling right behind me, especially when we're talking all elite wrestling. I've got my homie Tom, the thunderous wizard from Hops and Box Office Flops, with me tonight. We are going to be discussing All Out, giving you a little bit of a preview what to expect this upcoming weekend, as it's perhaps one of the most important pay-per-views we've seen in the last five to ten years. No joke, not exaggerating on that. It is very important. And, of course, we're going to do a little bit of a special episode where we acknowledge the tribal chief, because ladies and gentlemen, Roman Reigns, one year as our universal champion, uh, just a couple of days ago. And uh, I'm here to tell you, it, it's definitely been special. That's, that's the, that is, that is one of the better words to use. But with all that being said, I would like to introduce my co-host for this evening. T-Dubs, what's going on, brother? Uh, yeah, not much. Thanks for uh, having me on. I'm excited to talk all out because I do love AEW and uh, I'm excited to uh, talk about Roman Reigns, reign atop. Roman Reigns, reign atop. Yep. I like that. I like that. I did text you earlier today and I was like, hey, man, we have free reign. Pun yep. intended. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to be talking all out. We uh, and we can't wait to talk about that. That's uh, a pretty stacked card. There was about ten matches on that card. We obviously have three massive, massive matches um, at the top of that card with Jericho versus MJF, the AEW World Title match between Kenny Omega and Impact World Champion Christian Cage, and then of course. The return that everybody's just cannot stop talking about. Lord knows I haven't stopped talking about it. Lord knows I haven't stopped playing Cult of Personality in my car for the last two weeks. Uh, we are going to be talking and definitely going in on Darby Allen with Sting versus Chick Magnet Punk himself. Um, but before we do all of that, um, we have some sad news that we want to report. Um, you probably, if you're listening to this on the following Friday, right now it's Thursday night. Um, so if you feel, you know, if you listen to it tomorrow, which is Friday or the, the, over the entirety of the weekend, you probably would have already seen this. But uh, the wrestling world did lose somebody uh, today, unfortunately, in a tragic way. Um, anytime anybody passes away, of course, it's always going to be tragic. But um, a professional wrestler by the name of Shannon Sproul, a.k.a. Daphne, um, famous for being in WCW back in the day and more even more so in TNA slash Impact. Um, they called her the screen queen. Uh, passed today, I, I believe, at the age of 46, um, by some unfortunate circumstances from what we're being told over social media and reports and whatnot. Um, it seems that she may have uh, perhaps, and don't quote me on this, but from what we understand, it seems like she went ahead and did take her own life, uh, unfortunately. Um, she was going on Instagram Live last night and uh, basically was having a mental breakdown in front of everybody who was watching. Um, 
I have not seen the video. I'm going to be honest with you, T-Dubs. I'm not sure if I want to see the, the video. I know that you saw some clips and you told me some of the things um, prior to us going on the air, which we agreed not to really delve too much into. Um, but I know that you're a little bit more familiar with her work than I am. So I'll let you go ahead and just discuss what you know a little bit. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a sad situation. I hate to start the podcast this way, but because of a situation like this, there are some things that we want to go ahead and mention, but I'll let T-Dubs go ahead and give his thoughts first. Well, I, I had been sort of, I saw what was happening on Twitter and was following those updates because obviously, you know, when, when somebody's um, in need of help, you want to make sure that they're going to be okay. Uh, I didn't watch the video. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to watch that. I uh, would encourage people not to retweet that um retweet the positive things that people are saying about her and uh uh you know retweet uh resources for support um because mental health awareness is extremely important uh and uh you know if you're having negative feelings and negative thoughts you know talk to somebody i think that's the the most important thing um yeah, I was a WCW fan. Uh, I followed her a little bit in Impact. I used to read Matt Fowler's weekly wrestling report on IGN, and he always threw her dap. And, you know, she was uh, one of the, you know, I, you know, she was a pioneer of women's wrestling in a lot of ways. She was someone who helped further legitimize women's wrestling. Uh, she was tough as hell. She wasn't afraid to, uh, you know, to uh, take the punishment and put on a good show. And it's the encouraging thing I've seen is how positively she impacted fellow wrestlers, especially uh, female wrestlers and, and who felt that, you know, who thought she helped pave the way for them in some ways. So, you know, celebrate her life. Obviously this is tragic and it's really unfortunate. And 46 is too young for anybody to die. Uh, but Go go back, watch some watch some of her tape. Um, think about the good things, you know. Uh, and one thing I saw a lot of wrestlers encouraging people to do is, you know, reach out to your friends, check on people, uh, make sure people are doing okay. And that's always really really important because, you know, de depression and mental health and and that stuff it's it's not a joke. It's very real. Uh, when we talked about the the, the Snyder cut on hops and box office flops that was a point we touched on because that whole movie is dedicated to his daughter who tragically died and you know i've experienced depression several times in my life it's just, it's just not something you want to go through alone talk to somebody yeah it's you know as a wrestling fan sometimes you can be uh you, you know you're almost drowned in in tragic things but 46 is is so young it's it's terrible so it's, it's terrible news it's sad uh that's really all you can say about it. it's just awful uh i couldn't agree with you more um that was you know very well stated um you know i, I don't want to talk about it too much more because it is such a sad issue but you know call somebody talk to somebody the hotlines are there the hotlines are there for you um, take advantage and, you know, don't have an ego when it comes to this. It's okay. It's okay to discuss 
the stressful and hard things in your life, people do want to listen. They do want to listen. And so we want to make sure that we put out positive thoughts and then, you know, in respect to her family, you know, may she rest in peace. We send our condolences to her family. RIP to the Scream Queen. Um, it's just a terrible situation, but, you know, I, I'm here's to hoping that she's now in a better place and okay. But Shannon Spruill, Daphne, the Scream Queen, uh, passes away at the age of 46. May she rest in peace. So it's kind of, it's, you know, as Ross always says, it's very, it's very tough to go ahead and move over from a, a stressful, sad topic like that. But we're going to do our best. We are a positive podcast. We are a positive, a positive show. And there's a lot of things to look forward to this upcoming Saturday. It is Saturday, right, T-Dubs? It's all out Saturday or, or is it Sunday? Uh, it's the 5th, so it's Sunday. Oh, it is. It is Labor Day Sunday. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, my apologies. It is. I apologize. It is Labor Day Sunday, the 5th. Um, you know, I mentioned this at the top of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we are experiencing something special, not just in all elite wrestling, but as in, in pro wrestling as a whole. Um, and I don't know if a lot of it has to do with the fact that we've got full crowd capacity back um, because obviously, uh, Tom, let me ask you this. Have you experienced like a certain, there's been like a specialness, especially as both WWE and all elite go to different towns and they're touring again. But over the last couple of pay-per-views, especially with WWE, and now I can't wait to watch all out. And of course, you know, the second AEW rampage, which is special for a very particular reason. That was a, it was such a great atmosphere. Have you felt that in almost every professional wrestling show that you watch, because money in the bank and SummerSlam had some unbelievable crowd responses and I feel like we're about to experience that again in Chicago on Sunday. So can you kind of give me, I don't know, I guess what your thoughts have been. Um, Cause to me, I, I feel like we're experiencing something special right now. It's like we took advantage of having crowds for the longest time. We lost it for a year and a half back and we got them and things have changed. Well, I, I will say that the, the CM Punk return was one of the most special moments um, in my wrestling lifetime, um, was especially considering the, the sort of the, the sort of history, uh, the way he left everything that followed the lawsuit, et cetera, and so on. The fact that like, he was super disenchanted with wrestling. Um, it had taken a toll on him mentally, like pretty severely, like uh, he was over it, uh, for him to come back in Chicago. I mean, I knew he was coming back. It was pretty well reported he was coming back uh but that moment was incredible and of course wrestling i love sports i watch almost every sport i can watch most sports without a crowd and it's fine wrestling is very crowd dependent because wrestling isn't necessarily a sport it's a show uh it you're creating ebbs and flows for the crowd to react to. And you're creating moments that get a pop out of a crowd. It's like a movie, right? Like you're building something to elicit a response, right? Sometimes in sports, you can have really dramatic moments, but that's not a guarantee. Like wrestling is structured in such a way that it's so dependent on the live crowd and the way they react. So yeah, it's been really awesome. Um, in WWE, you see that with stuff like Cena returning, which we called each other right after that happened. We were both fairly giddy. Like 
even though it's not like I'm this huge John Cena fan, but it felt special that he was back. The brood entrance for Edge, I thought was like this incredible moment that harkened back to like my the younger version of myself as a wrestling fan. Um, and that match was awesome, even though Seth Rollins annoys me. Uh, the Becky Lynch return, again, like these things are so great. Now, I have a lot of gripes with WWE because they're still taking these people for granted because they undercut special moments like the Becky Lynch moment by creating a, just a, an awful, awful squash that made zero sense. And, or the Goldberg thing that's just like, okay, if you're going to trot this guy out here and this is how you're going to end it, like it was bad enough you're trotting him out here. Now people are actually excited and then you end it with like this just tomfoolery. So like that's what really bugs me because now they're back and this is a very fragile thing because obviously we know numbers are surging and Delta's highly contagious and it's it's still a scary time and shows like I think All Out is mandating that you have vaccination, proof of vaccination, which honestly they probably should because you want people to be able to come enjoy your show and not fear that they're going to get sick. Right? Like, I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. Like, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. I mean, if um, I'm not mistaken, SummerSlam, uh, Vegas required, they didn't require yeah. vaccination records, but they required everybody in the stadium to wear masks. So it's, a, it's yeah. very similar, but yeah, carry on. And uh, so it's been awesome. It's been awesome. And I don't want it to go away. And certainly like when you have, Obviously, like CM Punk's alluding to Daniel Bryan coming at some point, right? Like that's a premiere that needs a crowd. The yes chance will be deafening. Uh, it's going to be deafening in Chicago when CM Punk and Darby Allen when lock up for the very first time, when his music hits. It's going to be incredible. I, you know, WWE was so rudderless without people there their shows were really sort of uncomfortable and just not very good AEW I thought did a nice job NXT I thought did a nice job Raw was awful it was awful it was hard to watch the the talent didn't know what to do without a crowd because they're coached to do certain things and it just looked dumb so I'm really happy that they have crowds back, not only for the show itself, but for the wrestlers, because they do a lot of idiotic things in WWE that really don't go across well when there's nobody there. Like, at least when you have a comedy bit, like, you know, you get uh, Xavier Woods with his silly Ghostbusters water proton pack that at least elicits some sort of response when you have children and, and younger audiences in the building. Not to mention whereas, he was basically, he definitely yeah. had the Razor Ramon look. He whereas if did. it's it's empty, it's just like, well, this is really silly. And why is this happening? No, so. I, I totally agree with you. Um, that's, you know, part of the reason why to me, WrestleMania was such a fun show, regardless of whether or not, you know, night one was better than night two. And, you know, we've, we've discussed that. Please, by the way, if you're interested in checking out that episode, it does feature Tom, the Thunderous Wizard. That was his last appearance on this show. Um, Tom's already appeared. This is now his fourth time appearing in 2021, which is in, which I'll take any day of the week because, you know, I love having you, which is pretty awesome. So do yourselves a favor. Go check out our very our season premiere of this show. Uh, 
which was our dedication to Brody Lee. Go check that out featuring T-Dubs. Go check out the interview that I did with Michael Morales from Lucha Libre Online. And then the second half of that episode, it features T-Dubs. And then go check out our WrestleMania three-part review again with T-Dubs. And then we're here tonight, plus uh, about three different episodes that we recorded in 2020 together. So T-Dubs is a staple of this show at this point. And he knows it. We love having you, brother. Um, That all being said, all out. Um, I mentioned that it's so special because it is CM Punk's first match back in seven, in seven years. Um, Kenny Omega, you know, it'll be interesting because we're going to bring up Kenny Omega later on in the show, because we're going to be talking Roman Reigns, a special reign. And I feel like it's perhaps undercutting a little bit of what Kenny Omega is doing by no fault of his own. But I feel like he perhaps is getting a, a tad bit overshadowed. We'll discuss that in a little bit. But we've got his world title match that he's got with Christian Cage. And then we have MJF versus Chris Jericho. And I'm very interested for people to hear what T-Dubs has to say about Chris Jericho. Because you might either agree or you might say, what the heck is going on? That all being said, let me go ahead and give you guys a rundown of this card. Because it's actually pretty stacked. We have um, a 10 mag, a 10 man tag. We're looking at Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Yuta, and Jurassic Express being represented by Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And of course, Marco Stunt in their corner versus the HFO, which is Matt Hardy, Private Party. And that's uh, Isaiah Kennedy, uh, Cassidy, excuse me, and Mark Quinn. And TH2, which is Angelico and Jack Evans in a uh, 10 man tag. We've got a 21 woman. Casino Battle Royale for the AEW for a shot at the AEW World's Women World Title, AEW Women World's Title. That is a tough one to say. I apologize, Ross. I need you. I'm kidding. Um, but that's going to be. Let's see. We've got Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, uh, the Bunny, Big Swole, Julia Hart, Ty Conti, Diamante, Penelope Ford, Red Velvet, Hikaru Shida, Emi Sakura, Jade Cargill, Kiera Hogan. Abaddon, Layla Hirsch, Kylan King, Rebel, Jamie Hayter, Anna Jay, Rio, and it looks like one more woman to be determined. I'm curious to know who that will be. We will see. Uh, I think I know who it is. Who are you thinking? It's it's Ruby Soho. You think so? Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd be down for that. I'd be 1000% down for that. I have seen her vignettes that she's been doing that she posted on Instagram and on Twitter over the last couple of days. They are fire. Ruby Soho is the woman. Love that chick. She's so dope. WWE, you made a terrible mistake by letting her go, but she's going to be killing it if she signs with all elite. I think that'll be an awesome signing for them. Um, We got John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. Uh, Paul White, AKA the big show or formerly known as the big show uh, versus QT Marshall. Um, Jericho and MJF Miro defends the AEW TNT title versus Eddie Kingston. By the way, T-Dubs, I've been hearing a lot of people complain. They think that that match should be taking place at the big New York show that they're doing in in the middle of this month at Arthur Ashe. Curious to get your thoughts on that in a little bit. Um, The Bucks defend the titles versus the Lucha Brothers, which is Penta El Zero, Miedo, and uh, Ray Phoenix. Um, Dr. Britt Baker defends the AEW Women's World title against Chris Statlander. We've got Punk and Darby, and we've got Kenny and Christian Cage. All right, here, here's the obvious question for you, T-Dubs, and then we'll get into Miro versus Eddie Kingston in a second. What match are you looking forward to the most? I mean, this is pretty obvious, right? Like, it's Punk and Darby. It's been seven 
long years. I think that match is going to slay. That said, Omega Christian's going to be incredible. Their first match to kick off uh, Rampage was, I mean, it's close to a five-star match. You're going to get on like a on a time time limited television show. Like they killed it. It was a surprise. It ended incredibly well. It was well booked. So I think they're going to, you know, part two is going to be just as good, if not better. You know, for a long time, and I've said it on this podcast before, I told people I don't really care about Kenny Omega. Um, I said it for a long time. You know that. Ross knows that. Everybody that's listened to this podcast, they know I was not the biggest fan of Kenny Omega. Um, It was a variety of different reasons. I thought that People just gave him too much credit. Um, I thought that it was the fact that he was a bit arrogant. Um, things, just a different variety of, of things that can make you not like somebody or really like somebody. And I was on the fence about Kenny Omega during this time. But since AEW started and became a thing, I can't help it. I can't help it. The man is amazing. The man is amazing. He is easily top four in the world. Like there's no debate. He is top four wrestlers on the planet. He is one of the best of all time. I'm here to say that, and that's fine. You know, uh, we did an Instagram post like a a year and a half ago. I remember this clear as day. You know, we were talking about who we thought perhaps was the greatest Canadian wrestler of all time. I'm not going to say he is the greatest Canadian wrestler of all time, because I think that there are some people that are still at the top of the list that probably won't get bumped off of that anytime soon. T-Dubs knows exactly who I'm talking about, and because he'll he'll agree with me to the death. Um, and, but I will tell you this, the man's going to be the, first of all, I mean, the man is incredible. Um, he will down, he will go down as one of Canada's greats. Um, he'll go down. He's going to go down as one of just professional wrestling's all time greats. I that's, I don't think that's not fair to say, and the man deserves his due. And I'm wanting to give his due to him right now. And I think I've done that in the past, but I'm definitely wanting to go out on a limb and say, Kenny Omega is one of the best things in professional wrestling right now, period, bar none. Like there is no debate. And uh, I, for one, can tell you, I'm looking forward to, to the rematch with Christian Cage. Um, I'm here to tell you also that I do not believe that Christian Cage should be winning that AEW world title. I don't think... That as much as I love Christian, I don't think he should be winning that AEW world title. I can, I'm here to tell you, I don't think he should have won the Impact world title on Rampage. But that's a different story for a different day. But I love the fact that this match is happening. I love the fact that Christian Cage is going to be wrestling uh, and can, has continued to wrestle over the last few months. And I think he's done a remarkable job and so happy to see him back and healthy. And this match is going to be a banger. I think this, I can't agree with you more, T-Dubs. I think this match is going to be an absolute banger. Uh, here's my prediction. Mm. Depending on if a certain person signs with AEW, a certain person that the elite technically murdered and is dead, ah. uh, if he signs, my prediction would be that Christian will take the title from Kenny, who will then unceremoniously at some point be dumped from the elite and replaced with Adam Cole. That is my prediction. <sighs> Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Listen, that's big stuff right there. That's big stuff. So, okay. For those of you who don't know, if you've been living under a rock, 
<laughs> you've been living under a rock for like the last three weeks, you are fully aware of what the heck is going on with Adam Cole. Adam Cole is one of the greatest NXT superstars of all time. He's one of the greatest NXT champions of all time. Um, you know, whenever you look back in 20 years at the greatest NXT prospects to have ever come out of NXT, Adam Cole's going to be right up at the top of the list with a couple of other people. Ciampa, Gargano, Rollins, Big E, uh, Neville, KO, Sammy. Oh, you know, it, he's going to be up there, as is the Undisputed Era, by the way, as a whole. But Adam Cole by himself is absolutely up there. <sighs> CWs, you've been very outspoken to me over these last few weeks about how you feel that WWE handled the situation with Adam Cole, the fact that they really didn't know that he was an actual free agent up until August the 26th. Or, well, they knew previous to that, but the fact that they forgot or however the heck that went down, that they didn't, that he, they didn't realize that, oh my gosh, he's going to be a free agent in three weeks. What are we doing here? The fact that they fumbled that that bad is laughable. It's laughable because especially with the whole situation with now Malachi Black, a.k.a. Alistair, how he they, they forgot that he had a 30-day non-compete clause as opposed to a, a 90-day, just like most everybody else does. So the fact that they fumbled two high-profile signings that badly in a three-month stretch is laughable, and it's quite stupid, and I can't believe they did that. Here's the thing. I know that you don't want him to re-sign with WWE. I know you want him gone. I mm -hmm. totally understand so, where you're coming yeah. from. I know you do. I, I, I know you want him gone. And you don't want him to re-sign at all. My fear is, and I've told this to Ross, and I'll say this on the show tonight, AEW signing a lot of guys and gals. They're signing a lot of people. And I'm all for that because Ross says it so eloquently. He says... The more people or the more companies there is to work for in the United States and all over the world when it comes to professional wrestling, the better the professional wrestling will be. He can't be more right. Here's the issue that I have. AEW has Kenny Omega, The Bucks, Jericho, MJF, Adam Hangman Page. They just signed CM Punk. You've got Darby Allen. You have Miro. Kingston, Mox. You're about to sign perhaps Daniel Bryan. I, I mean, that's perhaps that's a big, perhaps. I don't think that's quite as concrete as the CM Punk thing was, but you, at this point, all bets are on or off, excuse me. All bets are off because of what just happened with CM Punk two weeks ago. Right? So if you told me that Daniel Bryan was going to sign there tomorrow, or he's going to show up on, on Sunday, I've, I would be inclined to more than likely believe you at this point because, you know, Tony Khan pulled punk out of his ass and I have to commend him for that completely. But that's my point. That's a lot of star power. And it frightens me that perhaps Adam Cole could get lost in the shuffle. Um, in the same vein that Andrade, who is a major star all over the world, and he's already getting lost in the shuffle in all elite wrestling. What are your See, thoughts? I don't agree with that because he did just wrestle for the title in AAA. But that's the thing. That's what that was in AAA, and they had him lose the match because they were like, "Oh, we can't afford to have Kenny lose twice in a week." That that AEW didn't make that call though. AAA did. 
no, AEW did make that call. That no, was an I AEW read, call. I read that it, that AAA made that call. Uh, okay, I'll have look, to look into that. But okay, it's fair just enough. it's opportunity. He can wrestle in other companies. There's opportunity. AEW books way better than WWE does. He will be put into things. Believe me. Like Andrade was going to be on this card. They had to postpone it. So for travel issues. Uh-huh. So, you know, these guys are going to, they're going to get in the groove. AW works, um, you know, uh, rivalries and, and matchups really well. Like yeah. what, what, what's the, what's the gain going back to WWE? He's seen the bloodletting that just occurred there. He's seen the just horrific track record of NXT champions who get up to the main card and they do nothing with them. Look at Karrion Cross. He's dressed like a Ninja Turtles reject at this point. It's terrible. And I'm not even the biggest Karrion Cross fan, but you book this guy like a monster in NXT. He destroyed Adam Cole. He destroyed all those guys. Uh, and now he's like a he's an internet meme. Okay, so to be fair, Karrion Cross. I don't want to get too much into that because I do have my own thoughts on it. They they messed up and not bringing up Scarlet with them. That's a huge miss misstep. Um, and the whole you know they talk about oh we have to make everybody marketable. That okay. There's there's a difference between making them marketable and look making them look like a dumbass. And Karrion Cross is walking that line very 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 closely by no fault of his own. And I like Karrion Cross by the way. There's a lot of people who talk smack about him, say that he can't that he's not that great of a character. I completely disagree, but that's that's oh, not the he discussion. He could be booked today. really well. He should be booked a lot better. I couldn't agree with you more. Here's my thing, though, and I've told you this over text message and over like in person on a multitude of occasions because this conversation has happened way too way too often for for a good reason, by the way. Um, my thing is, and maybe because I'm a coal mark, and you know that I'm a coal mark, and by the way, as are you, right? I view WWE booking Adam Cole more like Seth Rollins than perhaps who's an NXT champion that they completely squabbled as soon as they got up to the main roster. Don't mention Keith Lee. He doesn't count. Uh, Rude is an example. Okay, uh, fair enough. That's a great example. Uh, I would N- Nakamura has been super underwhelming. Uh, Shinsuke's, uh, mm, Shinsuke's on the up and uh, he's on the up and up though. I mean, he's look been at what the they did with the Ricochet. What's Ricochet doing? Well, NXT. Okay, first of all, he never won the NXT title. No, to be fair. but but, but yes, he had okay. incredible matches with Adam okay. Cole. Yeah, no, okay, like... but 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 then okay, let's talk about the positive ones that have gotten that have gotten called up, and they are mega stars. Seth Rollins is one of them. Right? Yeah, but that's a different era of NXT. Okay, but KO though. I mean, I understand. KO that you're is a good see... example. KO's Zane a is. Yeah, a good example. I mean, he's at least doing things, but they're not utilizing him to the best. Yeah, I mean, KO is a former Universal Champion, for goodness' sake, right? Um, and, and he's part of the one of the best moments we've ever seen. A lot, we've seen in the last ten years. I, I reposted this on my Twitter, you know, five years ago, to, uh, a couple of days ago. Um, that epic fatal four-way elimination match that happened in Houston on Raw between Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Big Cass happened. And it was amazing. You know, you had Triple H come out of the crowd, pedigree Roman Reigns onto the floor, crowds going nuts, puts in the ring, 
Rollins pins him. Rollins is about to go ahead and kill KO, and then Triple H comes in with one of the best pedigrees I've ever seen. Rollins sells it like an absolute boss. It's an amazing moment, and then KO becomes the universal champion. It's amazing. But do you, do you realize that you just used the word epic about a match that Big Cass was involved in? And yes, I like, understand that. Boy, what a different world it was. I know, right? Was <laughs> fighting for the title. Hey, but that that match really that match really is a banger. I highly recommend that match. I actually wanted to do that when we did our fatal four way matches, but it got outvoted because of freaking in your house. I don't, I don't, whatever. I move on with my life. <laughs> but I I look at Adam Cole, and and again, maybe this is the mark in me, but I view Adam Cole perhaps getting closer booked to what is Seth Rollins what has been Kevin Owens as opposed to what has been Bobby Roode and what has been perhaps Shinsuke Nakamura and perhaps Samoa Joe. Even though Samoa Joe was interesting, Samoa Joe did get his big feud with Roman. He got a really big feud with Brock Lesnar in an underrated match. Um, he had his feud with AJ, which is, he did have his feud with AJ. They had awesome. a banger at SummerSlam, even though it ended in disqualification. So, you know, I that's how I view WWE would book Adam Cole. Because here's the thing: for all intents and purposes, it looks like Triple H has basically lost almost every ounce of power imaginable, which is the one of the stupidest mistakes WWE could have ever made and i know that there's a lot of people there's a lot of other podcasts who are friends of this podcast mind you who have basically stated that triple h never really made any superstars that he just took indie stars and he brought them in okay fair but then at the same time those indie stars became mega stars as soon as they signed on the dotted line with triple h booking them NXT, yeah, was incredible. Exactly. There was a a, a run where it was the best wrestling promotion on television for like two or three years. Yes. And by the way, it was still one of, it was still, and I've said this before, and it was still at a time in late 2019, early 2020, that it was, to me, still better than what AEW was putting out. To me, and I've told you that, and I'm not being an NSC mark or anything like that. I'm just being honest. I said that on multiple occasions throughout late 2019, throughout early 2020. I said NXT to me is still better than AEW. AEW got a couple things together. They went ahead and tightened up some screws and basically, you know, we're off to the races. But let's be clear. They didn't leave NXT behind in the dust. NXT was, if this was a race a formula one race nxt was running two to three seconds behind which is really really right there so So let's go ahead what i read i read i I forget who did this article and it was sort of about like why we're at where we're at with nxt now and it was still awesome but they stopped building new stars the the funnel of talent coming in basically it got complacent like champa never left Gargano never left Cole and, and uh, the undisputed era stuck around too long. And that's all because they didn't want to go up because they saw what was happening to the people before them. And as soon as, and uh, a big part of this article was like the people who were basically antagonistic behind the scenes with the understanding that if triple H was successful, 
their jobs would be on the line and they were rooting for him to fail. And when that moment happened and they lost this, I'm doing air quotes, Wednesday night war. And it is their fault. They shouldn't have done that. Like they purposely went up against them uh, and they lost. They lost pretty badly. Uh, that was all the, the, all they needed to then essentially push him out. So it's at no fault of his own because he sent Vince guys who were over, massively over. Keith Lee. Yeah, Roderick Strong and Robert Roode when he had uh, <laughs> Roderick Strong's wife on or That was Velveteen Dream. But, you know, like when they had that huge feud, yeah. they were over. Mm-hmm. Okay, like everybody they sent up that was a champion was way over. Alistair Black, Ricochet, yes. the War Raiders who are now and, the Viking Raiders. And, yeah. And remember, just remember who Vince and co tried to push. Not the people who were over. They tried to push Lars Sullivan. They gave Lars Sullivan like six chances. And that guy, you know, there's the, the racist message board thing. There's this, there's that, there's whatever. Um, they kept trying to push Lars Sullivan. And yet Samoa Joe had one WrestleMania match for two minutes. To be it's, fair, Rey Mysterio did have a busted shoulder, but yeah. yes, you're right. Yeah. But he was left off cards entirely, right? Like was. they W like the main cards, SmackDown's doing a lot better. And we're going to talk about that obviously with Roman. But like, how many weeks do you watch Raw and it's the same crap you watched the week before? It it happens way too often. Um, and by the way, this is also somebody myself who has given credit to the Eva Marie storyline because I I I will tell you. Again, ladies and gentlemen, for the third week in a row, um, Eva Marie, you're booing the crap out of her and you hate her. She's doing her job. That's exactly what she wants you to do. And she's doing a tremendous job. She's she's a heel. You're supposed to get booed. People are supposed to hate you. Uh, And she's an incredible heel, by the way. The doll thing. uh, Oh, with Lily and Alexa Bliss. Oh, my my God. You see, yeah, no, no, I know, by the way. Don't get me started on that. I, I don't want to the go winking. off on it too much because <laughs> they have put Alexa Bliss in such an awkward position because you fired the guy whose gimmick that belonged to to begin with. And then now she's having to do this gimmick, even though yeah, it was supposed yeah. to have a payoff with Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah. How about and, that? And by the way, well, at least what she's about doing the deer blooded uh, WrestleMania when she's wearing the crown of thorns or whatever it was and black blood starts streaming down her face and that was the whole reason for him losing to randy orton yep and then he never came back i know it's <laughs> just it's so stupid I, from what i read like the morale on on the main roster is not high you know people are watching their friends get laid off right it's just not a good place to be and i don't want you know adam cole could be very happy in AEW. he could, put he on could be i mean he could be with, with brit he could be with and the bucks yeah girlfriend's there let's go yeah. Come on, get out of there while yeah, you still but at can. At the same time, you have to remember he's got friends in WWE too because he's got yeah. KO. He's got the, uh, you know, uh, of course, WWE. Oh. Another one of the layoffs earlier this summer was Bobby Fish. And yeah. I understand people are going to be like, well, Bobby Fish got injured all the time and blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Who I cares? Can... He was still a figment of the one of the best factions WWE's put out in the last 20 years. I can, I can tell you this if the direction that I've read about for NXT is true. Mm-hmm. Kyle O'Reilly, 
getting pushed in any sense is not long for the world. Well, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa either. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of people who I love uh, well. Yeah. Which, by the way, there are four. I can't really say Triple H needs to make this decision anymore because, unfortunately, it's going to be Vince it, and Bruce Pritchard that are going to be making the calls control. on NXT. Yeah. Um, so it's, Listen, it's if, a, here's, here's what I can say. If you think Vince is a genius, right? Like he's done some great things in wrestling. Well, yeah. He I mean, he's caught lightning in a bottle here and there with some superstars. Just remember that he wrote the No Holds Barred script with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and they thought that was a masterwork. <laughs> so, all right, fair play, fair play. Um, that all being said, we, we went on a diatribe there about Adam Cole staying in WWE or coming over to AEW. Listen, he's got options. Um, for all you, for all intents and purposes, you know, for all we can say about Daniel Bryan signing with with all of the CM Punk coming over to all of the Malachi Black, aka Alistair, signing with all of the Andrade. Uh, if Cole signs, is it where does it land on how big of a signing that is compared to not including Punk because we all know that Punk can't be topped. But okay, okay, here here's the question for you, T Dubs. What's a more important and bigger signing for all elite wrestling? Is it Adam Cole or is it Daniel Bryan? Well, it's it's Bryan, but in the sense of the history and what it's actually going to mean uh, with some of the people that are there and some of the people that he's been associated with the past storyline wise, it's way bigger for Cole, but, but, but Daniel Bryan's going to have, it's going to Daniel Bryan's going to have the larger impact in the wrestling world at large. Cause when CM Punk showed up, right. All of a sudden mm-hmm. people are like, Oh, maybe I should be paying attention to AEW. Like, this is interesting. CM yeah. Punk went to AEW. He didn't go to WWE. Like, to me, that that was like a seismic thing. Like that was such a big deal. And I will I, say this though, T Dubs, and I found it very fascinating. Um, you know, I talked about this with Ross last week. Um, Rampage was over a million for Punk's debut, but then last Friday it went right back down to its seven hundred and fifty thousand k mark. Um, no, I don't think it went that low. I thought it was still almost a million. It, no, no, no. It went down seven hundred. Yeah. Because dynamite was has been over a million. Dynamite, dynamite has been over a million for sure. Uh, uh, dynamite has had a over the last few months. Dynamite has been consistent at that nine hundred and fifty thousand mark and above. It's been inc- it's been very very remarkable. And shout out to them. It seems like they finally found that niche on Wednesday nights. And I think people finally were like, okay, NXT is on Tuesdays. I'm watching Dynamite on Wednesdays and it stayed at that 950,000 mark plus and more. And it's starting to average a million, which is awesome. But I did see that rampage for that third episode. It went down to like somewhere like 750 ish, which by the way, is not a horrible viewing number whatsoever, but it was a bit of a drop off from that rampage where he debuted. Um, Any care to have any thoughts on that? Or do you think it was just like, Oh, well it's, it's a Friday. And I think, I think if the number you may be right, but I think I also read that the segment with CM Punk was the highest rated for the, for their target demographic. That is 100% accurate. Yes. So I think they're getting the numbers they want. Uh, The viewership's going to grow. And when he starts wrestling after more routinely after the pay-per-view, obviously that's going to go up. Obviously Brian shows up at all out, which is the rumor. Daniel Bryan, all out. Um, 
that's going to grow. It, it honestly, you know, there's a lot of diehard WWE fans, and I don't blame them. I have a lot of nostalgia for WWE. I've just I'm one of them. Yeah, very very tired of of the product at large. I watch the pay per views. I can't watch Raw. I'll watch about an hour of it and I give up because it's just so bad. Uh, SmackDown's a little more tolerable, and obviously, I'm I'm holding out hope that NXT doesn't become a clown show because I think it will under Vince and Bruce Pritchard. Sorry, that's just the way I feel. Um, I think the more people get disenchanted, like you can only live with watching people you love get fired, watching poorly produced television, poorly produced comedy segments, etc., happen week in and week out when, to Ross's point, you have options now. There's great wrestling all over the place. Um, I forget what the, that in, there's an independent wrestling. I think it's like an internet based thing. And uh, D- Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Utah had like an hour long match that's apparently incredible. And you can just go, you know, buy that and watch it and subscribe to something like that. And if you love wrestling as an art, physicality of it which is why i love wrestling more so i like good promos don't get me wrong i love good uh well scripted um you know backstage segments yeah you know like work up to matches like you know i like that stuff uh but i love good wrestling and if you give me good wrestling every week like nxt did which is why that became my go-to show for wwe and like aew does that's what's important to me because I watch it to see what these guys are capable of, to see what they're willing to do. Uh, I don't watch it to turn on, you know, raw and see a 25 minute rambling, nonsensical, crummy promo to start a show. When it's like, put two great wrestlers out there, give them a platform. Honestly, raw right now reminds me a lot of when the NWO began to just cannibalize itself. And they came out, they did the same shtick. Every city, every town, nothing changed. The wrestling matches stunk. You knew it was going to happen. It, it's really bordering on dangerously bad territory where how long can you put up with it? I just don't know. Like if they didn't have Roman rocking it on SmackDown, holy moly, what would there be? It's not like the smaller belts matter. Sheamus didn't even defend his until he lost it at the pay-per-view. He no, just I mean, had it. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, it's been a, it, it, some of the things have been a bit of a struggle to watch. You're right. Um, Roman has been incredible, incredible, and I promise, audience, we're about to get into that very, very soon. Um, but I, I want to finish up with you know our small discussion here with All Out. You know, uh, I think we both agree. Kenny Omega winning the title is probably the most sensible thing. Although again, I will give you the utmost credit. I like your booking for a perhaps Adam Cole, you know, coming to the elite and them overthrowing Kenny. That would be very interesting. That's great um, fantasy booking. I think it's super superb fantasy booking, to be honest with you. Tony Khan, that's a free idea. You can that's have a free <laughs> shout out to hey Tony. Come on. For all, I'm sorry for all the mean things I've said about you on this podcast and on the Instagram page. Oh, that's you know nice. I love you. 
Uh, <laughs> you know what? My beef isn't with Tony. My beef is with the AEW fan base that is complete, just unbelievably toxic at times. Um, That's, by I, the way, the WWE fan base, yeah. just, uh, horrible wrestling fans, not, just wrestling fans great. in general. We suck. At least, yeah. well, I don't. T Dubs doesn't. Ross doesn't. But the rest of you, y'all are y'all are y'all are just a Shayna shit. Baszler called them worse than MMA fans. The They're toxic terrible. wrestling fandom. They're which is terrible. like, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> you know it's bad now. You know, Ger- Gerard from Through the Table, he was uh, he was talking about, um, oh, in the um, Charlotte versus Nia Jax match, which by the way, you and I talked about. I don't want to get into the, I don't want to get into that right now because that's a whole different thing for a whole I different day. I have nothing day. nice to say about I don't either. Person I've, I've had my, exchange. I have had my beef with Nia Jax for as long as I can remember. And it just continues to brew and brew and brew. And it's really starting to agitate me. And I'm going to move on from well, it before I freaking I, explode. I can tell you this. Charlotte won't have beef with her ever again. She got the three-piece combo. And that was the end of that. Well, by the way, it's funny. It's funny that that went down because they're actually friends. So somebody must have gotten pissed backstage or something. I don't know. But She, she looked to throw a punch. After she, she did. got slapped she did. And around, that's what, and then that makes you can me see really it. Angry. You can see like, yeah, no, this isn't yeah. going to end well. No, not, 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 Naya needs to knock it off. Like, and it's getting really, really ridiculous. But I will say this because Gerard from Through the Table mentioned this, um, and I told you this because I didn't like the way that this happened. But I'm, I, I want to mention what he said because he does have a point, even though it's completely antagonizing what I'm, what I thought. But I, I told you when Naya threw Charlotte. Um, on her head on what looked to be on a multitude of occasions in that match. I was like, that's not safe, but apparently that was always the plan and it was safe. And, you know, Gerard put this out on, on, on Instagram and he was like, yeah, but wrestling fans know more than wrestlers do about wrestling. Right. I'm like, all right, G you're right. You know, wrestling fans, they're idiots sometimes. That doesn't take away from the fact that Nia Jax is absolutely a menace in the ring. She is a menace in the ring. She's been a menace in the, in the ring. Yeah, she's not. Ask a Becky safe Lynch. For sure. Yeah, she's not yeah. a safe worker. Um, she's not. Ask Asuka. Ask Bailey. That was the plan. It, it didn't look, uh, did not look like the plan. It didn't look safe. No, it didn't. And that's just thankfully my charlotte is who she is but, and how athletic her build is one of the more athletic builds in the entire company let alone all of women's professional wrestling but come on dude like it's i'm just yeah. i have had it with it's, nia Jax. it's just wild to me because so many really good workers got fired during this purge and you're out she's out here in like nearly dropping the golden goose of, of the women's division on her head multiple times and and then slapping her around in what became one of the most awkward shoots I've ever seen. Because then Charlotte, upon thinking like, if I punch you, I'm probably going to get killed, uh, tries to start working the match and Nia seems just incapable of getting back to work. And it was just like a total clown show. So... I mean, I'm not here advocating for anyone to lose their job, but like, do you really want to put them together on a pay-per-view now called Extreme Rules? Uh, I sure as hell wouldn't want to. <laughs> like, do you want, like, she she just smacked her around on live TV and yeah. nearly dropped her on her neck 
and uh, she's going to get rewarded with another match. Yeah. Couldn't you just do a backstage segment where Charlotte like kneecaps her like, like, (laughs) oh, sorry, she's out of the match. Right. I mean, I'm here to tell you right now that on YouTube, Charlotte Flair and Nia Jax has 797,000 views. So um, people, people were definitely wanting to go ahead and pay attention to what happened in that match. And I, I agree with you, T-Dubs. I, I don't advocate for anybody ever losing their job, especially in a business in, that they love and we love to watch and whatnot. But damn it. Just I wish Naya. The things that I would have wished Naya would have learned six to seven years ago when she was in NXT up until now, shit hasn't changed. It was way language. safer back then, it seems. Bro, it's, 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 stuff hasn't changed. Like, and I can't, and I, and I, and I, ha- and I need them to stop with this whole, oh, well, she's related to The Rock. Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. If she can't hang, she can't hang. Stop putting her in a position where you well, think she can hang. Exactly. Like, just stop. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt was related to IRS who did Vince McMahon's taxes for like 20 years. So how do you do that to that guy? Come on. Yeah, no, well, he didn't actually do his taxes or maybe he did. I don't know. Cause he was IRS. True. And you know, Vince did go from billionaire back down to multimillionaire back up to billionaire. So I don't know. You never tax know. loopholes and who yeah. would know them better. True. Than, than IRS. True. Um, okay. So important questions. Um, one one word answered um you answered adam cole you you're definitely on the daniel bryan showing up on sunday train i think i am too um who wins mjf or chris jericho you just want one word on this i want a one word answer oh it's um, it, <laughs> i have so much to say but mjf oh okay fine I, I, i'll you know what i'll give you the platform sir go ahead and give because i did promise that didn't i Please yeah. give us your thoughts. Oh, okay. Before you give us MJF and Jericho thoughts, I, I, we've talked a lot about Punk tonight. Um, I mean, is it pretty obvious Punk goes over on Sunday, right? Actually, you know what? I'm not so sure. He's He's been super big on praising the talent, the young talent in the back. Uh-huh. But I think it'd be difficult to not put him over in Chicago. And it's not like Darby's getting a huge rub here anyway, so... It's not like it's going to damage him. And I it's true. I mean, I, I, I told you this, that I think he's getting a bigger rub working with Punk than he is even working with Sting. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Although this like little Sting run has just been joyous for me. Um, to see Sting actually having fun again is really awesome for me. Yeah, if you're a fan of Sting, you've definitely been having a ton of fun over the last few months. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but so... I agree with you. You know, Darby going over on Punk could make sense, but does it make the most sense? I think Punk should go over. It's his first match back in seven years. And here's the thing. He's got to go over. The moment he stepped foot in an AEW wrestling show, CM Punk became the biggest star on that promotion. I don't care what anybody says, even if I understand Kenny Omega is who he is. I understand Chris Jericho, but CM Punk immediately became the biggest star in all elite wrestling. As soon as he walked on that show, I'm not sold. There won't be, you know, I, I I get a feeling like there's, there's people that aren't on this card that are lurking around Malachi black, for example. Uh, I saw a picture of them the other day together. Yeah. I think he's uh, training with him. Yeah. They were training in in Milwaukee at uh, Rufus sport. I'm like, Hmm, this is interesting. Like, 
I think, you know, like, I think there are things that are going to happen at this show. Cause I think, you know, we said, we we're going to talk about the pay-per-view and I, I think all out, if you're a fan of wrestling and you've got the money to spare, you should buy this show. I think this show is going to be monumental. I think it's going to be incredible. I think top to bottom, the matches are going to be mostly very great. Uh, the battle Royals in AEW are always super underwhelming, but the big show thing, probably a squash. Regardless, this is going to be an awesome, mind-blowing show for a number of reasons. Not only because it's CM Punk's first match back, but the, the potential for things that may happen at this show. I think, yeah, this is going to be watch. a massive shift on Sunday. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. this is the biggest pay-per-view of the year and that's weird to say because wrestlemania happened and SummerSlam, and SummerSlam was pretty massive happened. yeah and yeah john cena was back at that yeah. but and Mon money in the bank was incredible too money yeah. in the bank deserves all the love in the world bro there are potential balls up in the air right now right that there's just so much that could possibly happen at all out it's very exciting yeah i, I agree with you this is going to be it's easily aew's biggest pay-per-view of the year so far Without question. And Double or Nothing was pretty big, but this this is just blowing Double or Nothing out of the water right now with how it's yeah. being booked. Um, but let, let's let's close out our thoughts on all on all out with um what you have what your expectations are about MJF versus Chris Jericho, because you've got some strong feelings about Chris Jericho where he is in his career right now from a physical standpoint and how well, I'll, I'll let you discuss it because it's not the first time you've mentioned that on this show, but I really want to give you the floor and I want to go ahead and get, okay. let's get your thoughts out. Okay, so a year and a half ago, maybe even at the start of this whole MJF joining the inner circle thing, Jericho was just looking better physically. Uh, the guy's got tons of miles on his body. He's put in his work. I think his body's shot. He hasn't looked good to me. MJF is a, is a terrific in-ring performer. And I think he just needs to be done with this now. He needs to go over. Um, if, I think Jericho's done more than enough his, in his career to be proud and look back and say, hey, I've done everything I need to do. I think putting him over MJF would be ridiculous. He cannot hang with MJF anymore. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. He can't. Well, I think you're right on a couple of things. I think with Jericho, when he looks back at his career, whether it's WWE, All Elite Wrestling, um, WCW, his old days in Japan, the little run he had in NJPW. When he looks at it, I think that one of the top things that he needs to be proud of is the fact that he put his name and he bet on himself to help Cody, Omega, and the Bucks sell this little idea that has become what I believe to be is the hottest wrestling promotion on earth. hundred percent. And right? without him in that first year, they don't succeed I, or at I, least anywhere I, come close. I think it's a slower go because yes. he was the name they needed at that time. Just like now it seems like now punk and Brian, you know, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, whatever he comes at is the name uh, to continue like showing people like we're not small time. We're here to stay. We're here to compete. We're here to put on great wrestling. Yeah. He was the guy at that time. He was cutting fire promos week in and week out. And by the way, to be fair, his promo on Wednesday was actually pretty good yeah, too. He's Monday. still cutting great promos. Yeah. That I, that I don't think will ever change. His announcing, that could use some work. 
but his promo game will always be great. But his, 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 sorry, like the mind can want to do things, right? I mean, his athlete. body can't keep up. I've played rugby a long time, I'm getting older. Yeah. Like the heart wants to do it, but the body can't. Right. And sometimes you just have to acknowledge that. And, you know, like he's a lot older than I am and the years have taken their toll. And I just, I just don't see how you could put him over MJF. I yeah, don't. I mean, he's, uh, he is, I believe he's 50 now, if I'm not mistaken. He's in his 50s. Yeah. He's in his 50s. Um, you know, and I know that you said, oh, well, Sting looks good and whatnot. Sting also didn't wrestle for like about six years. Yeah. And he's after also, the neck injury, you know, right? So he's kind of like refreshed. He's, you know, got this little, it's, it's like, um, he's doing tag matches. He's doing right? tag like, matches with where Darby's doing like 80% of he's the He's getting hot tags. Right. He's doing all the cool Sting things. Yeah. Uh, the produced match was my favorite match of the year. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, or was it that even this year? Like time has ceased to exist. Yeah, it was this year. I, I think that was the match. Wasn't that the match double or nothing? Yeah. It was I, the match. That match was incredible. Yeah. But you know, like the last pay-per-view he was at, like, you know, he, he probably wrestled five or six minutes. And he he did a, a stage dive, which was great. And but he's not, you know, Jericho's having to carry or be carried through lengthy matches still. And with guys like, you know, the 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 labors of Jericho, right? Like hardcore matches, you can mask your age. Terry Funk did it for a very long time. I hope Terry Funk is doing well. He was not feeling Mick so Foley well. Mick Foley did it too. Yeah. Mick Foley did it for a very long time. Um, you know, take so, the gauge match kind of worked, Taker. Uh, but as the, the labors wore on, like, uh, obviously he was supposed to look weak against, uh, you know, the big, what's the big guy's name? Um, Wardlow. I'm go- Wardlow, I'm going blank. He's just taking power bombs. But at the same time, five years ago, Jericho would have put on a hell of a match with that guy. Yeah, it's true. He's not there anymore. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those situations. I And by the way, I love Chris Jericho, um, the character. It's this interesting dynamic of here's a perfect example. A couple of years ago, or even recently, you know, Scotty Pippen was saying, Oh, I'm in the best shape of my of my life, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, there's a difference between being in great shape and also being able to physically do the thing that you did in your prime for as long yeah. as you did. Being right? in your physical prime, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Scotty Pippen is like late 50s. Yeah. I understand yeah. he says he's in the best shape of his life. There is absolutely no way in hell that I believe Scottie Pippen could go ahead and suit up for any NBA team right now and actually not only be a bench warmer, but even make a cut. But he's not. Look, he's just a not. couple teams. Like maybe the Magic. He could like be an eighth man for the Magic. Bro, I'm just kidding. That's he can't. Wishful play. thinking. No, he can't I mean, it, I'll put it to you this way. And I love Scottie Pippen, but if Scottie Pippen made a starting five on the in the G League. I would be highly surprised. Well, he can definitely start in the big three. Is that still a thing? Yes, I think so. So <laughs> maybe he needs to go ahead and put in a call to ice cube. But um, that's so that's one thing. I, I bring that up because I love Chris Jericho, but I think that he's hit the wall. Yeah. Wrestling, you know, you know is the sport where it is, as I said earlier, is a show. And yeah. legends can live on a lot longer in pro wrestling than they do in in other sports uh but there comes a time when you know that it's time i'm a huge rick flair fan like i love rick flair but there came a time where i just it started to make me sad to watch rick flair wrestle 
And I kind of distinctly remember that. And it's not something I enjoy remembering about him. And then it continued on for several years. And it was just like, you know, I'll never say he embarrassed himself because Ric Flair's, aside from, you know, getting himself into health problems because of his behaviors, has never embarrassed himself cutting a promo or otherwise. And he's a wrestling legend. And, uh, but there was a time, it's just, it was, it was sad because you knew his heart wanted to keep doing it. He loved to perform and his body couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Here's, here's what I will tell you and we'll move on from this. And this is how we'll end it. I would love for Chris Jericho to prove me wrong on Sunday. I want Jericho. I, it, it would be my preference for him to make me look like I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, will and, I, will that happen? That's the be seen. But and, if anybody and, can help yeah. him, if anybody it's, can help him, it's MJF. It's MJF. Um, and to be fair, the blood and guts match, he, he looked, he looked good. He looked it, good in the, and, and again, it's one of those matches where you're going to go ahead and help mask things and whatnot. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, people were, were like, Oh my God, he fell on cardboard. What did you expect for him to still, fall on? dislocated his elbow so he well, came I mean, out the still worst a 15 there, foot drop you know yeah. i mean give the guy a break but yeah no i agree with you at least That's you know a... it wasn't the mad hardy spot where he freaking fell on his head yeah listen i was remember we talked about that and oh, uh tell you why. and uh, i still got beef about that uh just remember right the camera angle was bad sure it, it happens and they do this because they don't want people nearly braining themselves like make yeah. fully off the top of hell in the cell right? right like these are people these have you know they have families and at the end of the day it's a show true so don't by the be way, too I, upset that the guy didn't die yeah exactly <laughs> that i mean and here's the other thing you talked about bad camera cuts how many times has wwe messed up a camera cut and i've gone off on them i they've done it at least three different times like yeah. in high profile oh. situations I mean, edges return missed, at the rumble. They missed edges return. Yeah, they missed. They they missed the first spear to Dolph Ziggler, which is an incredible spear. They messed up AJ showing up at the rumble because they've only kept the camera on Roman's face. Which, to be fair, Roman had some incredible incredible facial expressions in 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 that regard. I will admit that. But I'm sorry, when the hottest free agent in professional wrestling signs with your company and you de- debut him at number three at the second biggest pay per view of the year. The camera's supposed to be on the entrance ramp, not on Roman Reigns' face, World Wrestling Entertainment. Call me crazy. You guys have all the money in the world. Two different shots. It's not that hard. You've got eight cameras out there. I know. If you can shake one like you're having a seizure, you can certainly have... (laughs) (laughs) T-Dubs and his hatred for jump cuts. I love it. Oh, my God. It's terrible. I watch enough bad action movies, all right? Like, I know. I I know. By the way, I'm, I gave you that incredible idea for that action movie t- tournament for Hops. I would love for you to go ahead and do that. And if you do, holler at your boy. That all being said, that 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 concludes our preview for All Out. I think we're. I think it's safe to say that the two of us are very excited for what's going to happen this upcoming Sunday. It's going to be a terrific show. It's going to be a terrific wrestling. Here's to hoping that Debray shows up or Cole shows up or both. That would be into, if, if they can land both in one night, T dubs. Oh, boy, howdy! Boy, howdy! It's what was what's that movie called? The Love Guru doesn't remember when Justin Timberlake has that scene where he just like, ah, uh, boy, 
You're really that? throwing it back. Uh, I know. I'm sorry. How, the, how far the, back am I going? Like 10 years? Oh, with that reference? This Mike Myers movie where he yeah. was a guru in, in Toronto? Correct. <laughs> I don't I yeah. don't remember the but scene. But I'm pretty sure like I'm pretty sure JT has this scene where he I don't have to get into it. My my point is AEW would have thrown a massive gauntlet if they can go ahead and have D Bry and Adam Cole show up both on the same night within three weeks of CM Punk making his return. That would be some heavy hitter stuff. Um, well, yes. it's to be, it's to be seen. It's to be seen now. Bray Wyatt too. Bring uh, him on over. Don't even get me started on the Bray Wyatt thing. Like that's just, if they can pull off Bray Wyatt, I'd be shocked. I would be. If here's the thing, AEW wins 2021. If they can go ahead and get Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman to lead the dark order. So Braun Strowman apparently has booked his first appearance. I heard that Impact has some heavy interest in Braun Strowman. I, I yeah. I mean, I, mean, I could it, see why they would want him, but I'll yeah, tell you this: but, I'm not 100 yeah, percent no. certain if that's going to work move with for there. sure. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. There's not. That's the thing. Like Strowman He's, is a big tough, star. Man. He Strowman. was. He's the perfect WWE guy. I don't understand why he got fired. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Don't I don't understand why the the Australian guy Bronson Reed got fired. He's perfect too. They love monsters, and Bronson Reed could work, and Strowman could work. Bronson Reed could have easily been part of the bloodline with the Usos and Roman. By the way, this I here's to hope. No here's to hoping Naomi joins the bloodline. And that would be perfect. Brock Lesnar's ponytail is joining. Just Dude. the ponytail. <laughs> all right, all right. It's it's time. It's that time of the night. It's uh. We got to talk Roman Reigns. Got to talk Roman Reigns. Um, the person who I believe to be easily to be the best thing in professional wrestling right now. Would you agree with that statement? Well, no. Because oh my god, no, <laughs> no. Go it, ahead, go ahead. I, I, this was supposed to be a positive show, and here you no, are. No, I mean, I think he, I think he's great. Uh, but uh-huh. you know, you said part of this was going to be is he overshadowing Kenny, and I would say absolutely not. I think Kenny is doing such much more dynamic things because he's got all the belts. He's appearing on different shows. He's beating people for the impact title at their pay-per-views. He's in Mexico wrestling for AAA. To me, I think that's more interesting. Uh, and that's not Roman's fault. That's just the insular, isolated, cutoff nature of WWE. Now, is he doing the, some of the best heel work WWE has seen in quite some time? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, he's... I think this is why I think it's cool that you decide to bring them both together because obviously Kenny Omega has been a heel in Japan. He was great. Yeah. He was the cleaner, right? Uh, yeah. And he came out with the Terminator thing and he's great. Um, but when he came to AEW, when AEW first started, they really didn't know what to do with him and the young bucks as well. As much as over as they were, they're bo- like, it's really hard to be a modern face. I think it's very difficult. Um, and their kind of clean cut stuff wasn't working. They're great heels. This little thing they got going, bringing over the good brothers. I love all this stuff. The inner workings, like the, the partnerships. I'm really big into that, but Kenny is doing phenomenal heel work. Whereas he looked like a sort of general generic dude when he was a face coming out like cargo shorts and like a t-shirt. And he, he just didn't have anything going. And Roman Reigns is a face was super vanilla and boring and way over pushed and it sucked and it nearly ruined him 
because Vince was so adamant about pushing and pushing and pushing. But when he became a heel, now all of a sudden he's, he's the hottest thing WWE's had in years, and it's amazing. So it's a testament to him, but I think it's a great comparison because they're both doing amazing work mm-hmm. when something wasn't working necessarily for them. I couldn't agree with you more. Here's here's what I here's where I'll give. This is going to be one of the few times I'll actually give credit to the Young Bucks. And it's hard for me to say that because, okay, let me be very clear. The Young Bucks are the best tag team on the planet. They 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 have once more entrenched themselves up in that pedestal, because as much as I love the Usos. The Usos just won the titles back for the first time in a couple of years. One. Two, Jimmy doesn't know how to put down a glass of whatever it is that he's drinking when he's supposed to do it and then decides to get in a car and drive. And he's done that now four separate times in his career. And at some point, you lose me and Jimmy has lost me. Jay hasn't. Jimmy has. And it's starting to get annoying. It's not great. Uh, it's the, not great. Their biggest problem, right? Like they're a great tag team, but mm-hmm. WWE's tag team division in comparison is, is in shambles. It's terrible. Yeah, it's it's the crappiest um, this division has been in a in a long. This might be the crappiest tag team division WWE has ever had. Yeah, I mean they've ruined tag teams. They've brought up too, which is a shame because NXT's tag team division has always fire. been great. It's always yeah. been great. Um, like the Viking, Ra- the War Raiders were undefeated. T Dubs, yeah. they never lost in NXT. War Games, remember the War Games they were in? Yes, Just incredible stuff. They were doing With incredible Pete stuff. And Ricochet, it was amazing. Yeah. And uh, that's the big thing. The Bucks are putting on, you know, five star matches every week with that's different true. people. So it's th- awesome. What I what I wanted to say about what I wanted to say about the Bucks and all and it goes along to Kenny Omega to an extent as well is that when they first started AEW, what I appreciated is they didn't immediately put themselves on the titles. I appreciated that very much. They, to me, the whole reason of them opening up and having AEW become a thing was for others to get the opportunities that they felt that they weren't getting elsewhere in other companies, WWE included. So when they opened up AEW, and even though they used their name to be the marquee stars, they used their name to go ahead and allow other people to get over. So example, Private Party got over by beating the Bucks in one night, right? Mox comes over, even though he was already a big star, they wanted to push him to be a megastar, and they had him go over on Kenny, right? Um, Yeah. Jericho went over on Kenny, in order for him to become the best, the biggest heel in the entire company. Um, just stuff like that. I appreciated that. Now it's been two years that they've all already been, at least two years next month. And I want to be very careful with it, but it's, if I really wanted to take a shot, I'd take the shot here. So here I go. But they basically, you're, it seems like Kenny and the Bucks made their own company so they could go ahead and be the biggest stars in the said company. So I, sometimes, I think, I think the, the, the time the, is coming. I, think I, I understand. I, I, and I know I seem like a hater. I know that. I know that. But there's a lot of tag teams in this division that are just as good as the Bucks. Santana well, yeah. and Ortiz are one of those people. And I think, Based upon them going over on FTR, I feel like their time is approaching. 
I think so. And it, it's, it's a little late than never, but it is late. Well, you know, at this point, you have to look at it like this. And we just talked about Jericho. Jericho's on the wane. The rest of the inner circle is now coming to the forefront and getting more of that spotlight. Yeah, so Sammy Guevara is about the ex had to be sort of like, you know, when you have a heel faction, uh, the lackeys of the leader of the heel faction generally get beat up, right? More so, especially in the matches. Like, they either everyone has a belt in the faction or it's just them protecting this guy. And, you know, they, they suffer in the booking for it. But now it really seems like these guys are rising to the forefront. Um, and Hager's taking a step back because he's, you know, I don't know how much longer he's going to be in wrestling, to be honest. Um, it depends on how much money he can make in Bellator. Yeah. But I do think they went over on FTR clean. I think, uh, I think there'll be a third, obviously, with that. But I think their time's coming. I, I would love to see the Lucha Brothers go over. I know they're super high on uh, both those guys. So, yeah, no, no, I, I think you're right. Um, and I, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to go ahead and take a shot at the Bucks when I say that. No, I don't mean to take a shot at Kenny, but you know, how many belts could you possibly collect? <laughs> That's all. There's, there's always more belts. There, I know there's always more belts. It's like Ash Ketchum trying to go ahead and catch every single Pokemon imaginable. Like, I get it, you know, and that's fine. But back to Roman, um, because you, you I, 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 and I appreciate the fact that you thought it was a good idea to bring up Omega, because here's the thing to me, the two best things going on in wrestling, if it's not Roman Reigns, the other one is on Omega. And if you don't think it's Omega, then it's Roman Reigns. So it, they go hand in hand. And they, what's interesting enough is that they've basically been champions at the same time. Roman won the title this time a year ago. Kenny won the title at full gear, which was in November of last year. So they've basically been champions this entire time side by side with one another. So it's a very important and a very good comparison to have. And I think that it was the right thing to bring that up. So, but back to what we were discussing, because I, I want to make sure that this stays around Roman. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to bring up the bucks too often because I've already brought them off and brought them up enough this evening. And I think that's enough for Nick and Matt. So they can sit this one out, <laughs> but you, you, you talked about how Roman has really stepped up his game. Roman has really come into his own on this character. What, of this incarnation, would you say is your favorite thing about him right now? Because there's so many things that he's changed about this. Well, it's that's tough because sometimes the booking is a little strange. Like when he goes over strong, I sort of enjoy that. But then when he's tapping out, I think it sort of conflicts with the character that they've created. But just his persona and the promos he's cutting i think vastly improved with this tribal chief head of the table version of himself the he's very measured uh and uh i i like the there's a lot less emotion like he was never super emotional guy but i think he's doing a very nice job with the presentation of this character and you know, the Paul Heyman thing's always great too. Having Paul Heyman associated with somebody is a big boost, but sometimes I don't think he necessarily needs him. I think he's doing a really fine job by himself. Is it nice to have Heyman there? Yeah. But he's got Jimmy and Jay. Um, 
and the matches are, have been consistently good to great. So that's a big thing too. But his his work in the ring was never a question for me. But Same here. I, I've loved some of his matches during this run. Um, and that's why I'm kind of getting depressed with where it might be going because I just don't care about what happened at SummerSlam necessarily. Well, here's the thing. I will tell you this. I, I don't see him losing to Brock. Shock, which I know just doesn't... Yeah, and it just but, doesn't but, matter. It's happened but, so many times already. True, it, but it, okay, it has, but it hasn't though. The, the, the first match was in 2015, with the last match being in 2018. They went at it at WrestleMania 31. Their rematch then occurred at WrestleMania 34, with the steel cage match happening in in, in Saudi Arabia a couple months later. And then their blow-off match was Russell was SummerSlam in 2018. So in a four-year, excuse me, in a three-year span, they wrestled four times. There's people who have wrestled five times in like six weeks. Yeah, which is also just terrible. But right. And by the way, that doesn't just have, that doesn't just happen in WWE. That can happen in all elite wrestling. That can happen in multiple other promotions. Yeah. So I wanted, I did want to give defense to that, but I think what's important on that T Dubs is the switch of the characters with Roman being the heel this time and perhaps Brock being a monster baby face. Yeah, and I think that but, that play that plays different things, you know, but who's going to do the mic for Brock, you know, Brock is underappreciated and underrated on the mic. He's though. very average, but I just don't care. We already know he's only going to wrestle eight times. You can give him the belt. So you, you don't have any title matches. Well, that's the thing. Who's to say that Rome, that Roman's not going to go over on Brock. He should. But it's, I, this is the perfect thing. Like we were talking about Cole coming up. I would much rather see Cole come in and you build a feud that lasts several pay-per-views and you really spotlight Adam Cole. And of course, in the end, he'd probably have to go over if it's going to work, but you give him four or five matches, it all culminates with the big blowout at uh, the Royal Rumble. Bing, bang, boom. You've got a new star. They won't do that. Instead, they're paying Brock millions of dollars. Apparently, this was a super last-minute thing, and you're giving me a match I don't care about. When Reigns could be doing several more interesting things with newer, younger faces. Not that Brock's n- n- not totally interesting, He, but we've seen it. So do I need to see it again? Do I need to see 15 German suplexes? I mean, it's different now that he has a ponytail, but he's still going to be super red and sweaty and doing German suplexes, so it's not that different. That's a good point. What I will say is, and I, you and I talked about this because I sent you the picture of him with the ponytail a few weeks ago. And I, I think you remember this. I, I told you he's Brock Lesnar somehow, some way looks even more frightening. Well, he's a terrifying person. Yeah. Right. But you know, do I like you brought him back so you could sell blood money tickets in Saudi Arabia. Great. Thanks. Is Goldberg right. going to be there too. Hooray. <laughs> I mean, you make good points. You make good points, but I think that if I if I can choose a positive out of the Brock Roman storyline, perhaps where this is going, um, is the fact that Brock Lesnar being a babyface. And by the way, we've seen Brock Lesnar as a babyface work. You know, it worked in o two o three. It worked in uh, in twenty fifteen when he kind of turned baby face ish on his on the way to the Royal Rumble versus Rollins and Cena like 
even though Cena was the main baby face, but Brock had baby was doing baby face things such as, you know, wanting to destroy this heel Seth Rollins and crush him. Right. And then same thing later on that year at battleground when he was whooping Rollins's ass and whatnot. So we've hit, we've seen these, these things that Brock does as a baby face and it wins people over more often than not. Um, so it'll be very interesting, but you know, you brought up a really excellent point about you wanting to see newer people go up against rings. We're going to see a match with him and Balor, by the way, him and Balor have worked in the past and they have put on bangers with one another on a multitude of occasions. Still. Yeah. It's still more exciting for sure. Uh, Yeah, no, I understand. So we've got Balor coming up here on SmackDown for the universal title who off the top of your head. Would you like to see work with Roman and actually have a program for the Universal Title in the next well, coming months? I always, you know, at, at WrestleMania, I got my hopes up that Cesaro would be a bigger thing, and that never panned out. I know they did wrestle, but a real program would have been nice. Cesaro, I think, is one of the best wrestlers in the company and is constantly underutilized. But what's what's Big E been doing? Well, I mean, Big E's got that. He's got money in the he's bank. Got, and I, he's got the money in the bank. I think they're going for Big E versus Lashley, which I'm not necessarily mad about. No, I, I'm fine with that too. But I think he could make magic with Roman as well. Uh, I mean, Raw's just been so bad. Uh, I just, it's poor Bobby Lashley. What? I mean, do champ and when's Night of Champions? Is that after Extreme Rules? Let them wrestle. Get, put them in a big program, have them show up on each other's shows and beat the snot out of each other, have a, you know, heel versus heel thing. Anything is more interesting to me than retreading Lesnar, who, I mean, I, I, love, I like Brock. He's obviously a very talented guy, but we've been doing this same thing for how long now? Every comeback he has is the same thing. You know what to expect. It's just not exciting anymore. This isn't exactly Edge coming back. Okay, like that's blowing the roof off the joint. This is like, true. oh, he's here to show up every four weeks. Cool. I, I just don't care. I'm sorry. So <laughs> I want to, I, I did want to, you brought up something earlier when we started the discussion about Roman Reigns and, you know, that his average, that his matches, his title defenses have averaged from good to great. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you the ratings according to Meltzer. And by the way, I don't like Dave Meltzer but he's still the go-to when it comes to these ratings. So bear with me. Um, well. If we go back to hell in a cell, um, which was the first match between um, uh, Roman and Jay, um, or excuse me, it was, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't hell in a cell. It was a clash of champions. Um, Meltzer gave that match over four stars. He then gave, the Hell in a Cell match between them, I believe, 3.75 to 4. He gave the match between Roman and Drew a four, either a 4.25 or a 4.5. He gave KO and Roman at TLC over 4. He gave the, the last man standing match at Royal Rumble over 4, regardless of that botched ending. He gave Roman versus Daniel Bryan at um, Fastlane four and a half he gave the triple threat at wrestlemania 4.25 he gave the wrestlemania backlash match versus cesaro 4.25 do you see where i'm going here 
Um, he, Roman didn't have a match at Hell in a Cell because he squashed Rey Mysterio on SmackDown the week prior. Um, and then the match versus Edge at Money in the Bank got four and a half. And then the match with Cena at SummerSlam got 4.25. I bring all this up to ask you, good sir, Thomas the Thunderous Wizard. Is this his best performances so far, including his Shield performances? Is this better than everything he's done in his career? Well, you got to discount the Shield stuff because the, some of the best matches are with like, Rollins tri- and Dan threats. Ambrose. But he was still um, a very big highlight well, out of all those things. But you're fair. That's his fair. his first big title push. He had a great match with with Brian at Fastlane, and he had a banger of a match with Randy Orton at SummerSlam the year prior. You're right. Yep. So. But this is his most consistent work. I mean, he had he had that good program years ago with Braun Strowman, but oh, um, don't forget the bangers with AJ and the bangers with with AJ Styles. So those would have to be up there. But I think like this, like these few matches with uh, Daniel Bryan leading up to his departure yeah. were were really really strong, and the triple threat was really really strong. And uh, I really liked that Owens match, despite the botch, the Last Man Standing match where he literally hit him with a golf cart <laughs> like <laughs> owens you're supposed to like sell that not actually get hit by the golf cart uh, nice. <laughs> um he's had some really great ones uh the edge thing was great i didn't like the ending obviously as i met as i texted you like don't but that was the point that I know. was the point and it set up a great match at SummerSlam, and still um yeah he's been putting on terrific stuff uh and which is why I wish they were building interesting foils for him to wrestle, like uh, bring Keith Lee over. He's got nothing to do. I mean, he's obviously already wrestled Drew, but Drew now has nothing to do. Oh, and, yeah. A, and a program between Roman and Drew would be. Yeah. Geez, uh, Louise, would that be something? Programs to me are like every classics thing you've done where things need to last. They can't just be one offs and then the guy's out of the picture. Build a story create a feud that lasts and is as and that's how legacies are made feuds right like without bret hart right steve austin takes a lot longer to become steve austin right that double turn that's the name of your pod like is so monumentally important to the rise of steve austin Shawn michaels isn't Shawn michaels without bret hart exactly so uh those things are important uh feuds are 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 cannot be understated and part of the reason i love wrestling so much is the storytelling and then the matches that follow so there's opportunity out there for for guys you know and like literally drew has nothing to do the the ginger mahal match at SummerSlam was a travesty Uh, that guy just can't go i'm sorry i I mean i know i've been apologizing a lot but i'm not i'm gonna be frank in my assessment i wouldn't want you to be anything else right he can't go well, Sorry, he can't, he can't go. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think some people will disagree with you, I, but I understand where you're coming from on that. No. I think they really missed an opportunity there to go ahead and get Jinder really back in the mix. Jinder's um, like a having, 90s wrestler. He's severely limited in what he can do. Yeah, but the things that he can do, he does really, really well, and I don't think he gets enough credit for it. I'll give him a lot of credit. He's very hateable, and he totally transformed himself and turned himself into a much more legitimate Oh, he's got uh, the look. Yeah, for sure. I he's think he did look. a hell of a job turning himself into something that could be marketed and uh, 
so there's there's credit to be given to that but like drew can put on much better matches with people um you look at all his stuff with randy you look at his match with andrade takeover years ago um drew can flat out go for a big guy i mean seamus now has nothing to do just repackage him get a baby face boom love it i'd be down for seamus versus lashley at some point in 2021 yeah i mean seamus is getting up there so you you've only got so many programs left the guy lashley's getting up there too i don't think people realize that he's in his mid 40s mid 40s seamus is bordering 44 45 at this point so well Uh, you're right roman's work has been exceptional especially from a physical standpoint and it should really not ever not ever have been in question because he's got bangers on his resume that can't be touched um i want to ask you two questions one where do you think this this current story arc of roman reigns where do you think it's set to end and how do you think it's set to end that's tough i I don't see a natural end point i don't know who they're going to build to 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 slay the monster i don't see anybody uh i get big e would be the guy that but if he's going to go against Lashley, then then that kind of takes that out of play. But I mean, Biggie and obviously the New Day people are the most over faces they've had in years and years and years. They've been over for how long now? Consistently over six like, years. People love them. Six people years. love Big E. Yeah. I think he'd be the way to go if you're going to take the title off Roman at this point. Yeah, you know, I could see that, but I really love the idea of seeing Lashley versus Biggie. Um, and the person that I could potentially, potentially see taking down Roman is a freshly baby face turned Seth Rollins. Ugh, no, because, don't say that. Well, I mean, well, well, hold on for one second. You don't <laughs> no. like the Seth Rollins heel character right now, but I don't like him at all he can that's wrestle where you're wrong but he knows. doesn't need the belt he doesn't need the belt he doesn't no. but i th- he might you might say he, we don't need the belt but i think that we need the feud because we've never gotten a babyface seth rollins versus a heel roman reigns we've gotten a heel seth rollins versus a babyface roman reigns and we've gotten face versus face roman versus face rollins and it was like a sign of respect but i would kill to see roman destroy seth and have Seth turn babyface. I think that we can see that happening. I don't know if it'll be happening before or after The Rock at WrestleMania, if that even happens, of course, but there's massive reports saying it will. Yeah, if and he takes all, the belt, I'd be really upset. I don't think I don't think Rock would do that. I think Rock knows what's best for business, and I think that Rock would know that the, bit, the point oh. is to put over Roman as the biggest star in the industry, period, bar none. They gave him the, the belt when CM Punk was the hottest thing in wrestling. That was different, though. That was different. Um, It it was still remarkably short-sighted and dumb. Because uh, The Rock versus Cena didn't require a belt. Well, I think that The Rock versus Cena 2 shouldn't have been Rock versus Cena 2. That should have been Rock versus Cena versus Punk. Yeah. Period. Um, But I think a freshly babyface turned Seth Rollins would be the way to go in regards to that, personally. Ugh. All right, that's thank you for your thoughts. I do appreciate that. Um, I mean, would the match be incredible? Sure, yeah. Oh, it'd be remarkable. I mean, they've great. had bangers in the past, multiple yeah. bangers, things that you know people forget about. Um, 
their match at Money in the Bank in 2016 gets overshadowed by the fact that John Cena and AJ Styles began their feud with an excellent match. And it gets overshadowed over the, you know, when Dino cashes in on Seth. But what happened before Dino cashed in was amazing. Yeah. I, I will say this if it is Big E, it can't be a cheap cash in. I and agree. The belt and say we're doing this at whatever pay per view. I couldn't agree with we're you. We're doing more. this I on think... Saturday night's main event. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> anywhere. Um, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. When Biggie cashes in Money in the Bank, he needs to cash. He needs to cash it in in the same vein that Rob Van Dam cashed in in 06. He needs to yeah. announce it one to a month and a half in advance and get people hyped up and make it a big match for whoever it is. Because I, I think mean, that's how you yeah. really make Biggie be a massive star. Have they had a big signing recently? Like, I don't. I just Walter would be sweet. Walter would be legit. I mean, if, he's already lost to Dragonoff. Like, and he does. He just doesn't want to come to America. Apparently, I mean, I, w- I would give him a boatload, a truckload of money to come chop people. Yo, he doesn't want to be here full time. Is what I've heard. I mean, well, as a European, he's grown up in Europe. You know, he probably wants to be home. I don't blame him. I don't we'll think it's a matter of him not wanting to be on the main roster. I think it's just the fact that he wants to stay in Europe. Back and that's up the French truck. Back it but, up. You're no, you're right. Walter, Walter needs to come over. It, that's a, that's a, they need to make that happen immediately. Um, so that's 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 for me. Uh, here's the final question I'll ask you. We've been watching this thing for a, a year now with Roman. Where does this rank to you, and not just Roman's career, but where does this rank perhaps all time? Because what I think what we're witnessing is something special. Okay, well, his career is obviously the pinnacle. This is uh, as mountain for Roman Reigns. The sh- so poorly enforced and people hate that uh and now you know like he's the best heel they have by far it's not even close uh all time it's tough uh i think it is one of the great all-time heel championship runs obviously i'm much more nostalgic for other eras of wwe and i don't think wwe is at its strongest not even close I think DX Michaels was really good uh, on his way out. And obviously they had uh, Stone Cold to take that belt. And Michaels obviously was not in great health at that point. So he had to go anyways, but like leading up to that, that was great. But one of my favorite heel runs, and this is not going to surprise you in the least, is Canadian hero, Bret Hart. And to me, this kind of feels like that. He's got his family around him. He's the head of the table. Bret Hart was the leader of the reformed Hart Foundation. And essentially, he was a hero in Canada and hated in America. Now, we don't really have that dynamic with Reigns, but it feels a little bit like that to me. He went from being this baby face to just a despicable heel that people hate. 
I think, first of all, I think it speaks dividends of the fact that you're comparing him to that because he said in an interview not too long ago that one of the people that he loved watching growing up and seeing what they did as a character was Bret Hart. So it speaks volumes as you being like the biggest Bret Hart mark that Roman Reigns talks about the fact that he, I'm not gonna say idolized, but he really loved watching Bret Hart. That speaks dividends for, for this guy. Um, I too think it's the best thing that he's done in his career so far. And that's not to say that he hasn't done great things in his career because Roman Reigns has been an absolutely incredible, incredible performer over the last near decade. Um, and by the way, it's amazing that we now say it's been almost a decade that he's been on the main roster. He debuted in December of 2012 or November of, two, uh, yeah, November, 2012. Can you, that's unbelievable how long, how long it's been. Um, Which is why they desperately need to be an influx of young talent now to start pushing not him and Lashley and some of these other guys. Yeah, but it's only been half a decade that he's been on top. Yeah, I mean, but you look at uh, Bret Hart's run at the top. Now, Bret Hart had started like the, like 1984 in WWE yeah. and took a lot longer to get to the top because back then tag team wrestling matter and the intercontinental title matter, all that stuff. But, yep. uh, you know, five, five years at the top, it's a long time. Well, and, don't tell it to Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And, you know, as a Bret Hart, Mark, I can tell you all the things wrong with Hulk yeah. Hogan's stubbornness and refusal to put over yeah. the people. By the, the way, if Ross were here, want. he would have absolutely denounced that opinion, but that's perfectly fine. As much as I love <laughs> Hogan as a wrestler, not as a, human being uh but get some young guys in not to say he has to drop the title or anything like that but new fresh faces uh i forget what the the median age of SummerSlam was but it was not flattering it was it was a little bit older than the 18 to 49 demographic i think it was somewhere between like the mid 30s to that like uh you know between goldberg and lashley like that's it. That's one of your title matches, and their average age is like. 49. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't mean viewership. You meant no, in the actual main event the, matches. My apologies. I misunderstood. Yeah. That. Yeah. So it yeah. was an it was an old card. It it was but okay. Fair. It was old. But okay, fine. That is fair. But if you're gonna use that, I want us to take a look at what All Out's three biggest matches are. And I understand no, that it's no, Darby Allen and MJF. Yeah. You know. Um. But that main event for that AEW world title, like how, how old is Kenny? Kenny's in his late 30s. Kenny's like 36. 36. Yeah. And then Christian is in his late 40s. He's like 47, right? And, but to be fair, Christian was gone for seven years as well. Very good point. And so like, you could that's say like the same edge. thing with like, Punk. I don't really mind, you know, like Edge having these big matches because Edge was gone forever, and it's True. like and very exciting to have him back. Goldberg just has no business being in a championship match on pay per view. I couldn't agree with you more. You so, might as well throw me in there to stumble around like a goofball, brother. You would be able to go ahead and sell a chair shot to the back of your knee like nobody's business. Oh, for sure. He did not sell that cane shot. My goodness, yeah, not at all. And <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I, however, you know what? I didn't get a chance to go ahead and give credit to this, but I have to give credit to Gate to his son. Um. He did a good job for the yeah. most part. He, could and, you imagine not laughing at how terrible that was? Yeah. Whole, I just <laughs> way to, way to Lashley, I thought Lashley was going to kill him. 
I thought Lashley was going to squash him like a bug on accident. I was like, Lashley well, he did like he he was so light when he was flipping him over. It was I, it was hilarious. He nearly dropped him. I know he like flung him. He uh, thank you, Lashley's So you forget how he's a uh, Lashley's big, big yeah. but you forget how much of a freak of nature that dude is. It's pretty amazing. Um, I, I think that this rain going back to it. You know, I just talked about Bret Hart. I think that it will be something to be remembered. I think the biggest crossover that I can see between it, and it's funny that we're going to mention this, but at the same time, it's not that funny. I see it very similar to the 434-day reign of CM Punk in a way. Um, not necessarily because of... Well, they were Heyman guys. They, were, they are yeah. Heyman guys. Yeah. That's a very, you know, that's part of it. But I think it goes to show that during the summer of punk or prior to the summer of punk, nobody actually believed that CM Punk was the best in the world until he finally showed them that he was the best in the world. And now for you, here's the trouble with Roman Reigns and it's not his fault at all. It's again, the toxic wrestling fans dude gets leukemia or gets leukemia again has to go away so he can go ahead and fight it off. Comes back, comes back to a hero's welcome, which is a, nothing else should have been expected except for that, especially when a, a wrestler of his caliber defeats such a terrible disease. It's something to be applauded and it's something to be appreciated and it's something to be never forgotten. He comes back and within two months, the toxic ass wrestling fan base is booing him Half the half the crowd is booing him at WrestleMania against Drew McIntyre. Um, yeah, you know, you, and I, I find, yeah. and by the way, it took it took Roman Reigns two years to get back into the World Championship scene. Two years, because all of 2019, he didn't sniff that world title, bro. He didn't sniff it. He was too busy having matches with freaking Shane O'Mac and Drew McIntyre and being the captain of Hulk Hogan's squad in Saudi Arabia and oh putting over Keith Lee like a million bucks in Chicago at Survivor Series. Even though he won the match, he made him a megastar within one night, by the way. Um, yeah, that's all these things. And as soon as that man sniffs a world title opportunity in 2020, Everybody was like, oh, my God, Roman Reigns is in the title scene again. It's like he hasn't won the world championship since he got leukemia. And prior to that, he didn't win the world title since 2016. Yeah, no, I mean, so wrestling I fans going to wrestling fans. Wrestling so. fans are going to be wrestling fans. And, you know, we all know how wrestling fans are. That all being said, I bring that up because people didn't give credit to punk before he got finally to the platform that he actually ended up getting. And in the same vein, even though Roman has been taken a lot more seriously, but that's because the creative team has taken him more seriously than they took punk for the longest time, of course, but he's shown people that the flashes of brilliance that he showed for those several years that he was showing flashes of brilliance, the brilliance has come all together. And he has easily become the one of the top two biggest super, superstars in the professional wrestling today. Like if here, 
here's one A, one B. The two biggest superstars in professional wrestling right now are him and Kenny Omega. I don't think that there's anybody else that's bigger than those two right now, period. I know I just said that CM Punk is the AE, is AEW's biggest star, but when you look at everything, you know, like actual the world champions, the two most important world champions in pro wrestling right now are him and Kenny Omega. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's a stretch. I think that's the, that's the honest truth. Um, I think Mox is still very, very over. Mox is a, Mox is very over, you know, in the same vein that Bobby, that Bobby Lashley is over in the same vein that Samoa Joe is over right now. Um, and Will Ospreay is like, um, that's not, that's not disrespectful to any of the guys that I just mentioned, but I think that there's certain tiers. And I think that the top tier right now belongs to Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hear a lot of buzz about uh, Riddle too. Riddle being super over. Which, okay. I mean, I, you know, to everything I've said, he's he's not that young, but he's a fresher face. He's a legitimate uh, good guy. Mm-hmm. He's got a gimmick uh, that can sell variety of color things. So, so sell a lot of green, that's for sure. Yeah, you could put the belt on him. Yeah, um, and he can wrestle. Most importantly, yes. Okay, I wanted to. I I didn't. I wasn't thinking that I was going to mention this tonight. I wasn't too sure, but I want to bring this up because I don't know if he said this out of character or not. I don't care. I like Matt Riddle, the performer. I I very much do. Matt Riddle, the person. I want to punch this dude in the face, and I've been wanting to do that for a million years. Okay, that's an exaggeration, but for at least two, I know that I. I, you know, I, I go, I go between loving Goldberg and hating Goldberg, right? <laughs> yeah. It's and, and you know where I'm going. You know, I always I'm get excited this. and then I remember it's Goldberg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my thing is Matt Riddle has this tendency of not knowing when to shut the hell up. And he's done it with Goldberg. He's done it with Brock. He did it to Jericho when Jericho defended Goldberg about this. Um, I've called him out on Instagram. My wife told him, to, my wife told me to take down the post. I did. My wife asked me to apologize to him. I did. Matt Riddle read the message because it's on scene. I've moved on with my life. But, and by the way, that's not to say like I'm an important person. Dude, I averaged seven listens on this podcast. I'm a nobody when it comes to this. But at the same time, I'm a human being and I have a voice and I'm going to express myself right now. He just needs to shut up. And the other day he was having an interview talking about like Roman Reigns doesn't move the needle. <laughs> SmackDown is the most watched wrestling show on TV. Yeah, today. it's much more watched than, not much, but I mean, it averages... Well, there's a gap point, between point SmackDown two, and point Raw. Point two, point three, more than yeah. Raw, yeah. Right, point and there's four, a gap between whatever. SmackDown and Dynamite for all the viewership that Dynamite is getting. Roman yeah. Reigns is moving yeah. that needle, ladies and gentlemen. You'd have to be stupid, blind, and deaf to not realize it. Well, you know, there's also, I, I read a lot. I don't watch Raw, as I, as I said, I'll like watch portions of it before I get like nauseous. Uh, but you read a lot at how angry USA is that SmackDown is so much better than Raw. And every week, Raw sucks. Like this week on Raw, 
not only you know the charlotte thing was like disastrous um every advertised match didn't actually happen they don't know what they're doing it's a it's a cluster f yeah it's, no it's a mess so you know, it's, it was one of those other some situations supposedly that you know vince ripped up the playbook like hours before they went live and they rewrote the script yeah um uh, so riddle you know but he's doing it for a reason he's trying to put himself into that spot you know like one day who's to say he won't get the brock match uh, i you never know but the reason yeah, he's not gonna get it, it is because those guys think he's a, a dh which you can figure out what that acronym stands for <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you but, i'll, I'll yeah, tell you this I, i'd be down to watch roman riddle oh it'd be awesome It'd be awesome. I mean, and again, but, let it be known right now. My beef isn't with Matt Riddle, the performer. My beef is with Matt Riddle, the guy. I think the whole brand split is is honestly hurting WWE in general because... Which it's not supposed to, but it is. It, because they fired so many people and you're just recycling the same matches week in and week out. And well, I think just a have, lot of it also has to do with the fact that Paul Heyman's... Not, was taken away from his executive raw director yeah. executive director as raw you know you have one raw. one belt one medium belt one tag championships and you really prioritize those things and you create feuds and and uh programs and uh, it's just well, so uninteresting the way well, they Tom, have let it let me ask you this because when they switched over to when they switched back over to the one championship for those for the time that they did we they did that did that? Do you think that helped? Because I feel like it actually made some of the show, it made SmackDown feel a little bit less important because Brock didn't want to work SmackDown at the time. Well, that's the problem. That's why Brock can't have the belt. The yeah, person but, who has the belt has to be everywhere. That's true, the but, role but, of the Ra- champion. But, but Rollins won the title, and SmackDown still didn't feel that important. Yeah, I don't know. I I think there's just ways to do this. You know, there's there's. There's ways to optimize your roster and your airtime. Raw certainly doesn't need to be three hours. That's a big problem as well because there's an hour and a half of it every week that is a total waste of time. Nick Khan, if you even think about making this show four hours, I'm done with you. Oh, I mean, I'm done with be, you. That would be a disaster. Uh, I, I just think you can't, like, one, you have to know your roster. Not everybody needs a belt to be uh, relevant, a commodity or relevant, right? Like there's plenty of wrestlers like Edge who's going to wrestle here and there, not every week, who will never need a belt ever again. Uh, Brock never needs a belt again. They know, they also need to balance uh, out the rosters, dude. It is really unbalanced right now. Randy Orton could spend the rest of his career just having great programs with people, never touch a belt again, doesn't need one. He's just going to put on great matches. Uh-huh. That's his role. He can put people over or he cannot put people over, but he can have great matches. So figure out who needs the belts to get the best rub. There's a lot of ways. Like, I think it's great that Lashley has a belt, but if there's only one roster and all of a sudden now it's him and Reigns fighting to determine who's the champion champion, that's interesting to me. But when you've got nothing for these guys to do, seemingly, like, that's a problem. And like, I know why they brought, you know, like, I know why they're dragging the Goldberg thing out. Like, it's not a definitive ending because they probably want him to go to Saudi Arabia. They brought Brock back and they're going to rush this Roman Reigns thing because of these things. 
and it just doesn't it's not good it's not good for the show it's not good for anybody it's not good for the fans I don't know. But you I mean not to be too sad because what Reigns is doing is still incredible, but you know, how long could he carry the bad booking? Who knows? I see your point. Um I re- I, I, I I'll I'll end it on this because I'm curious to know. Um PWI is supposed to be releasing their top 10 very, very soon. They usually release it this time around this time of year. Um you know, looking at community cumulatively 2020 into 2021, can you name to me off the top of your head who you would want to be your top five men's performers of the year? Okay, so Moxley. Mox would be five? Is this in order or is this Adam? No, I'm just thinking of the five Moxley, okay. Reigns, Omega. Uh, so, top. Hmm. So singles wrestlers, right? Yeah. I think I think honestly you, you might have to think about putting Darby Allen in there. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I think, I think Darby's remarkably over. And I hope the the things about him are not inaccurate. True. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that they'd be disturbing if they were. Right. I think that's uh I think I, I think you know what? I think you gotta put Lashley in there. Okay. Even though I'm not super enthused with Raw, I, it's very cool that at this stage in his career, he's getting the recognition he deserves. Okay, that's fair. I like that. So you said Omega, Mox, Reigns. You said um, Lashley and Darby are your five, would be your five. In no think, particular order, right? Yeah. Well, I, and I'm I, assuming I, with Reigns and Omega at the top. Yeah, they'd be at the top, yeah. Yeah, and, so then it, probably, and it's a flip-flop between Omega and Reigns at one and two, right? Yeah, probably then Mox and then Darby and then... Okay. Uh, Lashley. That's interesting. Uh, you know, Mox to me has fallen a little bit, but I understand where you're coming from on that one. If it were me, I'd definitely say Roman and, and Omega up there. Uh, probably Roman one, Omega two. Um, kind of surprised you didn't mention Drew because Drew's 2020 into 2021 was in, just unbelievably awesome. Yeah, and I love Drew, but he really, like it, it, it seemed like, by the time you, he was like losing, you think the after title, the Lashley feud, he kind of dropped, didn't you? Yeah, and people weren't into him. Like I, it's it's he has not been getting the pop I think he should get. I agree with you, and it's one of those stupid things where people were like, "Oh my god, it's Drew again!" Stuff like that's like a, a year and a half ago, you were asking for Drew to be in this position, like not you personally, just wrestling fans in general. They were asking, we want Drew in the main event scene. We want Drew in the main yeah. event scene. You get him and, in the main event scene. And he they, is the main event of 2020. And then now you're tired. Of him. They turned on him. You know what? I even might put Miro over uh, Lashley. I think he's benefited <laughs> so greatly. He's awesome. Wow. His promos are great. He always talks about how hot his wife is and he's God's favorite champion. And he's been great. <laughs> he's I mean, awesome. I'd love to see CJ Perry and all and all league. I'd be all about that um lana lana to a to aew would be awesome um but yeah so i'd go i'd go roman one omega two and then the other three i i i i'd consider putting in drew for sure um i'd probably put mjf in there see Um, i was i was looking at that too but he just hasn't been busy enough as of late Really? Okay. I see. I disagree with you because to me, he has been. I thought that you know at the be- 
you know, if you look at 2020 as a whole, um, I mean, he, he was joined in it. He, he was a huge part of the inner circle at the beginning of it before the blow up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, he had that thing with that, with DDP and he won the diamond ring and that's a small thing, but that's what allowed him to become even bigger. He's done a lot of like team matches, but not so much. But he's the leader of the pinnacle. And I think that speaks for itself. I, Um, you know, like if I was saying like the, the most potential, I put jungle boy in it. I think jungle boy is incredible. I think he's super over. Yeah. I mean, the same vein that like, Damian Priest, even though Damian Priest is a lot older than 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 Darby and and then I Jungle like Boy. Damian Priest. Damian Priest, by the way, massive congratulations to him. And yes, I like Damian. The Bad Bunny match did do him some favors. Ross, if you're listening to this, it did for the 19th time. It, <laughs> um, yeah. So it did not do the Miz any favors. Did not do the Miz any favors. No. Um, but yeah, if so, I said I said Roman Omega. I I said drew i said mjf who would be my number five it'd be between it it would be between lashley it'd be between okay so it's going to be interesting but the those that there's three that i would be having fight for that or there'd be four people that i'd be having fight for that number five spot and again this is cumulatively from 2020 up until right now right um so that means everything that they've done over the past year so i'd probably have to say that that five spot would be a fight between will osprey carrion cross i know that's crazy but you know he was the NXT champion, undefeated NXT champion until recently. Um, Finn Balor, because of his NXT championship run. Yeah, he crushed it. He crushed he really it, right? Did, yeah. And maybe Adam Cole, but even, but I'm not a hundred percent sure if the second if that if most of 2021 was as kind to Adam Cole as it should have been. So I'm like, eh, I'm not mm, sure. He could be. Yeah. He, I think. I think, I think Cole's top 10. I just don't know if I'm wondering if I'm being a mark by considering him for the top five, you know, yeah. I, 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 guess. I, I think legitimately probably between Osprey and, and, and Lashley for that number five spot. I mean, you think about it, like, I don't really watch enough impact to say, you know, anything about some of the guys they got going over there. I know people are high on guys like Moose and stuff, but I just don't know enough about Ross is hella high on Moose. Dude. Uh, He's, he was pissed that he didn't beat Omega for the impact world title, but certainly like all the guys I love in NXT, I, who I think have been doing great work, like Champa who's matched up with Thatcher and, and Pete Dunn, who I really like. Yeah. Yo, Sant- shout out to Santos Escobar and yeah, Asma and, um, and Isaiah serves excuse me, Isaiah yeah, Swerve honestly, Scott with the, if you're hit looking row. at NXT, like he's benefited the most in the past couple months. Cause hit rows just fire. Uh, but a lot I think of they're about to get over like, super uh, soon. Like, they were get... stuck in a standstill, you know. Mm-hmm. Like like Gargano, I, as much as I like what they called the way, it's just like I wish you were, you know, doing something else now. Like you're never going to get this belt. You're just kind of here. Yeah. And the the stuff with the tight jeans guy, Dex- Dexter. Oh, Lewis, Dexter Loomis. <laughs> just like it got old, man. Yeah. 
it'll be interesting where they go with that and Indy Hartwell. Um, I'm curious, but uh, those are my top five. I think that top five is solid. I think your top five is a little bit more eccentric, but I can appreciate where it is, especially with the Darby pick. I, I can understand the Darby pick and I appreciate it. Um, I like the wild card in Miro. I think the wild card really in your top five is Miro. Um, and I know you, you, you've, you've, you've definitely been high on Rusev slash Miro for a hot minute, dude. Like when he signed with all elite and he showed up, you were like, Oh my God. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's kind of big. WWE had him at maybe the most over a guy's been at and did nothing with it. Rusev day was monstrous. People oh, yeah. loved it. Yeah. And, and, and not totally to mention Rusev, Rusev and Cena in 2015. That was big stuff, man. That was like, th- th- that was a big fight feel every time those two got in the ring i knew rusev was a star when he they wrote him in on the tank at oh, wrestlemania man uh and you know By the way, he, that wrestlemania was, that wrestlemania is still a banger yeah he was so rocky for he was drago he had the blonde the uh, ballet who you know basically was the the mic for him he's yeah. great he's really doing well i'm so happy like he's no, he deserves it he deserves it. Russian you know what? I'd actually, I'm telling you this right now. I'd actually like to see Eddie Kingston beat him for the AEW T for the TNT yeah, title, and then just then so the I can see Miro in, in the main event scene. Like beat him, rematch yeah. in New York at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh huh. Or he beats Kingston here. Kingston takes the belt in New York. Yeah, that's better. Take the belt in New York, and then let him move on to something else. Yeah. Uh, Kingston and Moxley entering through the crowd to Wild Thing. I'm a huge Major League fan. One of my favorite sports movies. Right. I pop for that every freaking time. Oh yeah. It's in, it's just incredible. Mox Mox and Kingston. Mox Mox being paired up with Kingston has been something quite refreshing because I feel like when Mox lost it, when Mox was getting towards the latter stages of his AEW title run last year, I feel like he started to get a little bit stale. And then when he lost the title, I feel like he got even more stale. That's personally to me. And now that he's been paired up with um, with Kingston, I feel like he's being rejuvenated again. And I think well, that he's been the most entertaining he's been in over a year. Here's what I'll say. And this is going to be weird because it was so bad the moment uh-huh. but the botch of the exploding ring and then them teaming up and becoming buddies drinking buddies uh-huh. like i'd never i'd never actually seen eddie kingston wrestle until he came to AEW. i really love that guy and it's even awesome to see that like apparently he's a really great dude the people in the back love him and he's like a oh yeah like he's and, given so many like great heartfelt yeah. speeches in the back it's uh, awesome he's very like, motivational that kicking off their like pairing turned out to be like one of the great things that AEW's had going. So I'm glad the ring didn't fake explode and fake kill them. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree <laughs> with you. Um, that's a show, T-Dubs. I think that's a show. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Good good discussion, good times. I was glad to join. Uh, I oh, miss Ross. I haven't, I haven't been on with Ross in a while. I know, so. I know. We need. I, I told him originally what would have happened would have been Ross would have been on tonight and the next week we probably would have done the all out review show and we probably would have had you on next week. Yeah. Um, but we revert, we had to reverse it by the way, shout out to T-Dubs. I didn't tell you this. I forgot to tell you this before we went on the air, this tonight's show actually would technically mark the three year anniversary of the double turn podcast. 
Well, there you go. Look at that. It's it, it's truly amazing. So Ross and I are going to do something cool for next week. We 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 can't wait. Well, at least I can't wait. And uh, I hope he's back and we can go ahead and do something cool and fun. But um, to those people that have stuck around with us for the last three years, you know, the nine of you, I appreciate the hell out of you guys. Thank you so much. Um, you've given you you've allowed me to go ahead and like live out a passion, even though it's small it, and it's a hobby. It still means a lot to me. And I know it for sure means a lot to Ross. So thank you so much. T-Dubs, thank you so much for being such a constant supporter of this podcast, dude. We, you know, it means, it means the world to me. You and I have ha- have developed a great friendship over the last couple of years. And, um, and that's something I hold uh, near and dear to my heart. So thanks, man. I appreciate you always being down to come on and hang out. Yeah, of course, man. You know, we actually bonded over podcasting because I was, uh, you know, starting what would become hops and box office flops. And I, randomly heard that you had a podcast and it was about pro wrestling and I being a pro wrestling fan was like I would like to uh, appear on that podcast and that sort of kicked it off and of course you've been on my show as well uh, good times all around yeah no for sure man I always love coming on to hops and you know shout out to, to Chumpy and to Cash and um, to McCheese you guys are doing a great job over there. Um, by the way, I, we didn't even do a plug. Oh my God. We've gone on so many different tangents. Let's do a plug real quick. Um, T-Dubs, I'll let you start off. Uh, tell the people where they can listen to hops. Tell yeah, them what you're yeah. doing over there. Um, Cause you're finishing up your, uh, what, what do you, what do you call in the Bruce Willis month? It's hops and Bruno flops. Cause there you there's go. a, uh, if you're not familiar, Bruce Willis is big into music and he released an album in the uh, late 80s or early 90s called The Return of Bruno. It's not good, but you can listen to it on Spotify. So we did Hops and Bruno flops. Uh, We did uh, A Good Day to Die Hard, Cop Out, Hudson Hawk, which is a great movie, great, silly, early 90s movie. Uh, And then we did uh, The Last Stand, or Last Man Standing. Okay, so that, that just dropped out now uh check it out we're going to move on to hops and sports ball flops uh coming up the program side out tin cup and ed the movie with matt leblanc and a uh, person in a chimpanzee costume so yeah we talk about bad movies that flopped at the box office or good movies that flopped at the box office and we pair them with craft beers so if you like beer and you like movies check us out you can find us on all your favorite podcatchers and you can follow us on social at Hops and Bo Flops on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to talk wrestling with me or movies, you can find me at Writer TLK on Twitter. Uh, yeah, we drop every Friday. This week we dropped Tuesday because I accidentally hit publish on the episode. I was <laughs> so, I thought you I, I was wondering about that because I saw it dropped. I was like, oh, TLK must have must have dropped it early because they wanted the people the people listen during the Labor Day weekend. I was like, that's yeah, a smart so idea. What I was doing, I was writing the blog because I write blogs about every movie that we do. Oh yeah, shout out to Wabam. And, they're, uh, they're the homies. And I pressed publish instead of schedule. It was okay though, because the episode was done. And uh, yeah, I've been getting them done a lot faster. I've noticed, as you know, like the more you edit, the faster you get at it. And- uh, Well, I'm about to find that out tonight, yeah, obviously. So yeah, the Last Man Standing episode was a lot of fun. I don't know if you- ever seen that movie i haven't i'm American, still i'm actually uh, i i kind of skipped around on the pods i lit i finished the i finished cop out the other yeah. day and <laughs> i'm right now i'm back to finishing up the um a good day to die hard and by the way 
man, we we're going long and I didn't want to go long, but whatever it's T-dubs every time he's on, it's a, it's a great show. So I don't care about time length. Um, I, I told you this when we last discussed this, but I love the Die Hard series for a couple of different reasons. Why? Because, well, one, Die Hard is single-handedly one of the top 10 greatest action films ever made, period, bar none. Um, oh, and yeah, for sure. Se- secondly, and I told you this, the Die Hard movies, the names of those movies are some of the most creatively awesome movies ever. You know, Die Hard then die hard two, die harder die hard three with a vengeance and then four and five is really the peak for me it's like live yep. free yeah. or die hard and then, that one's that's a great title it is a great title it is it's it's uh, let me ask you this what's better too fast too furious or uh live free or die hard is live free or die hard 100 they're both so good yeah they're both great titles. And then the last one, even though that last movie does suck, I took my it's wife, to go, my wife, who was then my fiance, we went to go see, because it came out on Valentine's Day. What was it, 2013? Yeah. See, that was a date for me and my wife as well. And Yeah, uh, that was a terrible she was not idea. happy. Yeah. She's not happy I did that. <laughs> that movie sucked balls, bro. And I'm, that's, I'm going through the episode right now, and you're reminding me of the things, and I'm like, yeah, that movie really did suck. But the title I, of yeah. that movie is fire that's a great it's title a, it's great it's a good day to die hard like that's brilliant yeah, so it's a good day to walk out of a movie that that's was... <laughs> <laughs> oh man t-dubs well i appreciate you yeah people go ahead and listen to their show it it, it truly is awesome um he t-dubs and, and chumzilla just did a uh a small review of the suicide squad, the brand new one starring John Cena, of course, and Idris Silva and Margot Robbie. I love that episode. It was great. Uh, T-dubs and I, right before I went on parental leave from, from the double turn, I hopped on with him and Chumpy. We did the rundown, which is another movie that absolutely should not have failed at the box office. I don't know how it did. It's one of the rocks best movies. Um, and it, T-Dubs did an entire month dedicated to the Rock's box office flops, which was great. Um, what was it? Baywatch. It Baywatch, was Doom. Uh, Doom. And, uh, Walking Tall, right? Walking Tall and yeah. then the rundown, yeah. Exactly. And so that, there's a lot uh, more episodes that oof. him and I have done. Um, there's Tango and Cash. Yeah, Tango uh, Cash was fun. Lethal what Weapon a, 4. And then, what an absurd um, movie, Tango and Cash. I know. It's completely absurd. It's completely all over the place. Kind of like this podcast has been. I'm not yeah, going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> and what was he? Oh, and then uh, Ross was on there uh, for Dukes of Hazard. Duke, Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. And that was the night that I had a, a kidney stone. Which, yep, yeah. A terrible night for me. Um, but that episode was dope, as is every single one of uh, Hops and Box Office Flops' episodes. Um, it's just a great podcast. Go check it out. Um, and then over here. Um, come check us out the double turn podcast on instagram uh tdt wrestling pod on twitter i'm becoming more active on twitter um i've been a little bit less active on instagram as of late i've been really busy at work i've been really busy in my personal life i've got a couple of other projects that i'm working on because i'm an idiot and i decided to add more to my plate but i'm having fun but i am trying to get back into it more with with instagram i want to go ahead and get you know I also took a moment, took some time to just kind of let the creative juices reflow again. So I'm getting back into it a little bit more, but you can go ahead and check us out there on those social medias. And then of course, anywhere you can listen to this podcast, uh, the anchor app, Spotify, um, Google, um, Google podcast, 
um, Apple, Stitcher, Radio Public, everywhere. Go check us out. And um, we, we've got a lot of episodes on Wabam. I haven't uploaded any of the new ones yet because I've been so busy, but I am going to be, you know, if you want to listen to us through Wabam, which you should, they are, we are affiliated with them as is Hops and Box Office Flops. Please do so. And it'll be great. And support Wabam, support Landon and the crew. We appreciate them. There's a lot more podcasts on there, which uh, I don't know, T-Dubs. I, 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 we, I've had a couple of invitations to go ahead and hop on with them. And I know you have too. We need to go ahead and link up with some of them and like join together as at the same time. Like do like a nine-man show. That'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, let's wrap it up, man. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, on behalf of Boss Ross, on behalf of Tom the Thunderous Wizard, um, I have been the J-Man. This has been the Double Turn Podcast, and we will catch you guys on the flip side. Good night, everybody.